Hey, Dan. How's it going? Hey, Rob. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, about I'm, I'm excited to talk about uh, this week's movie on the show. Oh, me too. Yeah. What's, uh, what's up with the hat? The hat I'm wearing? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's is that a top hat? Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit of a top hat. It's a deluxe top hat. I got it at um, Hats in the Belfry here in Philadelphia. Nice. And it's a good store. It's a real store. Actually, they closed recently. It's oh just, no! Uh, as soon as I, yeah. As How much did you I, pay for that hat that they were able to close the store? <laughs> Yeah, they just. <laughs> um, it was marked up four hundred percent. There was a. They were having uh, a sale. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> they marked so. it up for the sale. You don't see a lot of that. Yeah, and for them to only mark it up four hundred percent, be able to retire on that. I mean, it was already priced at uh, you know, like five million dollars. So wow, I'm a bit in the hole. Hey, um. Yeah. By the way, real quick, okay. head on over to patreon.com slash kingmepod. You know, subscribe $5 a month. No, that's smart to me. Plug, the, plug the Patreon before we even get into it. I like yes. Because, uh, well, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're completely underwater on this hat. Uh, but um, here's the nice thing about the hat. Yeah. It's a magic hat. Oh. Meaning. Uh-huh. Uh, the more I wear it, the more it seems to give me a certain youth, oh. certain vitality. I get um, it. I yeah. Get so, it. are you still? By the way, are you still planning on coming over this weekend for the Super Bowl? Uh, Dan, you know, well, first off, yes, and I know you're just. I I, I could feel it. I I see it in your eye. I see it in your hat. You just want my steam, don't you? It's okay. No, you can say no, it. I don't want your no, I don't want your steam. Nah. I just meant like the hat gives me like a look, you know, like a young. I look mm-hmm. like a young person with the. You top look hat. like you look like you you want to breathe in my steam is what you look I, like. I. It's good steam. I, under, I guess I could understand why some people who wear top hats breathe in people's steam. That's not me. That's not what I meant. I don't. I don't really want to breathe your steam. Oh, that's not you. Okay. No. You, no. Don't, I don't want. What's wrong with my steam? Why don't you breathe my steam? I no. I mean. I didn't mean it like that. It what's just, you say it? I mean, we've got we've done this podcast for years now, and yeah, I feel well, like that's we could be honest. Kind now. of. What yeah, are we I feel doing like you're here? Kind of. You're kind of right on the edge of understanding. We've been doing the podcast for years, yeah. years and years, many years. You've got. You've got some years on you. How and dare you? <laughs> well, I'm just saying your shine's not what it used to be, bro. My steam is delicious. All right, well it you taste you eat like it. like a fine whiskey and look cigars. I, I don't mean to undercut the work you've been putting in. I know you've been eating a ton of pineapple to try to get your steam tasting better. That's I mean, none I, of my business. I read that in a Cosmopolitan that it makes your steam t- <laughs> taste better. I don't know. <laughs> it's worth a shot, you know. Anything to, uh, you know, anything to entice people to uh, consume more of my steam. You know what I'm saying? I never should have put this hat on. This week on King Me, dare to go back. This is Doctor S- Rob. 
This is Dr. Sleep, you fucking amateur. King me. <laughs> King me. Let you say it first. Make sure I saw it coming. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe, I, maybe you should eat my steam. Jeez. <laughs> It sounds, it sounds like, like you're steam deficient here. <laughs> you Not know what? Ball. I eat my steam sounds like uh sounds like an old timey insult when steam it had sure more does. and held more weight, you know. It sure does. It looks it's like something a guy in this hat would say. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, uh, can I take it off, by the way? If you want, yeah. Rob made me wear an actual top hat for the intro. Yeah, I made you wear that. Mm, yeah. Right? Um I would have loved if there was a rabbit. Uh Still got the still got no that. rabbit, but there is a spirit Halloween tag dangling from it. <laughs> you can just put that. Anywhere. And if you're oh, and if you're watching the if you're subscribed to the YouTube the video version, yeah, you not only saw the hat go flying through the background, but also you see the deep line in my forehead. Damn, was it uh, was the hat that tight on your head? I have a gigantic head. Do you really, Rob? I Did, you know this? I mean, you Look seem like you have a normal size head. Well, it's because I have a giant body too. Uh, it's just I proportionate. Just, I, I see. Yeah, yeah. If if I were, um, if my BMI situation were normal, mm-hmm. I would look like Goldeneye Big Head mode. <laughs> I would. With um, that hat on, you'd be yeah. like, "What was that Goldeneye Big Head mode odd job?" <laughs> What's the other guy? The the voodoo guy. I forget. Um, uh, Jaws. No, no, no. no. Baron Samini or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. The Baron. Yeah. Um, the Baron. The good Baron. <laughs> yeah. No, we have the same problem. I cannot. I couldn't possibly find a hat, like a fitted hat that would fit me. Uh, yeah. It's. They just don't make them. <laughs> or <laughs> they don't. Or you you can get somebody to make one, but they're like, we need to use all of this material. It's going to cost yeah, you a thousand dollars. That's how <laughs> that's how you run hats in the belfry out of business, right? Right. <laughs> um, so here's what I'll say, Rob. Yeah. About the intro, this week's intro. Okay. Listeners would not know this without me saying it, but that was take two. <laughs> It was take two. That's true. The other thing I want to note about it is Uh that I have a better idea now. Oh, do you want to start over entirely? No, no. What's your idea now? Do you want to say the idea was going to be that you were Charlie Manx out of work because Rose the Hat was like you, but better. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it's true. It's a bit like that. The only difference is the kids don't get to live. Yeah. Not even as vampires. No, they just they just turn into dead bodies. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's like this. Yeah. Oh man, it's this crazy, crazy <laughs> effect where after they die, they turn into dead bodies. <laughs> right. What if you bury I, them? They get stinky. <laughs> I I keep wanting to say Timothy Chalamet, but that's not the kid's name. The little baseball boy. The um, actor or the yeah no the actor uh, yeah Jacob Tremblay Jacob Tremblay 
Jay Trem Jay Tremblay, who yeah, yeah. is like, what's his deal? Who is he? He is. I mean, he's a. Uh, I don't know. He's like a very popular child actor. He was in that movie Room, not The Room. Oh yes, Room. yes. Um, That's where I know the name. Yeah, I think he's just like. Uh, He's like one of those kid actors that's uh, in a bunch of like good stuff, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But in any case, I always confuse his name and uh, Timothy Chalamet because I'm old and my brain is calcified. And I and to you, they are they seem like they're the same age. You yes. can't tell anymore. I can't tell. Yeah, I mean, any you know what? Anybody under thirty, you're all the same age to me. I don't care. <laughs> See, you couldn't tell a 19-year-old like me from a, I don't know, hole in the ground. No, that's true. Yeah. Um, that is. Hey, speaking of It, it was fun starting Jacob a Tremblay. podcast with you when you were 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, I mean, in it, hindsight, it, it was kind of weird that you were always like, God, you're so mature for your age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so oh yeah, um, go on, go on. I was gonna say nineteen, Jacob mm-hmm. Tremblay. Yep. That reminds me of our movie for this week, Doctor Sleep. Ah. Uh, oh, by the way, welcome to King Me, the official Stephen King movie podcast, the official podcast of King and Me, the official podcast of Murdering Baseball Boy. <laughs> right, remember that? Yeah. I was uh, like, uh, I was like, wow. Yeah, that that one really hit home for me because uh, every time Paige gets mad at me, she writes that on the wall. <laughs> Baseball due boy, to, due to my love of the great American pastime. <laughs> I when you uh, got up to get your drink, I heard you guys talking a, a bit. I heard you say something about the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all business, baby. Yeah, no, yeah. she was saying her her joke, her bit. Is that we always say we love it, and she get she's like, like I'll walk out of the the bedroom, the mm-hmm. recording studio, yeah, and be like, and she'll be like, how was it? I'll be like, it was fine. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened in there. And she's like, I she's like, out say, for two hours. <laughs> she's like, did you guys did you guys say you liked the movie? I was like. <laughs> I'll be like, no, no, no. She'll be like, we never say I that. Bet, she's like, I bet you did, but this time I said, we say we like the movie on the free version, right. and that's it. We just say I like it, and then we go. And if you sign up for the Patreon, we'll say I don't like it. <laughs> we have a con- we have a contrarian version of like a parallel episode. Oh yeah, oh that'd be fun. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> That's a fun little bit. I also, whenever, um, if if somebody asks how the podcast went, mm. I I say uh, it's fine. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think it right. was good. <laughs> it's imp- it's impossible to know, even on playback. Yeah, no way. There's no way to know. Uh, but you know what, Dan? What this week's movie? I liked it. <laughs> you liked it? I did. All right. But, you know, jump over to the Patreon to hear my other take. (laughs) My Mm anti-take. Okay. So, Dr. Sleep 2019. One sleepy doctor. 
oh, hey, um, wouldn't want this guy operating on me. Mm. I would not want him doing my um, tummy tuck. <laughs> yeah. Can we get this guy a uh, coffee or something? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Not a doctor. No. It's an honorary uh, doctorate. I gotta say, I am so fucking stupid that the the explanation of the title, uh-huh. right? This is a classic case of say the name of the movie in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was totally blindsided by it. I wasn't making the doc connection at all. Okay. I so, I shouldn't you mean reveal you, that. You, what do you mean you were blindsided? So when the, the that character says. I mean, I watched John. an hour of The Blind Side before I realized <laughs> I the movie, wrong movie on. Wait a second. <laughs> when does Danny Torrance show up? Yeah, I was, I was like, this is, a, of course, a wonderful film. Right. But uh, I don't think that, I think I'm in the wrong theater. <laughs> no, was, but you, when the guy said, uh, called him Dr. Sleep, you didn't make the connection? No, no. I mean, at that point, I was like, ah, oh, yes, that's the name of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, surely he's saying that because of the title of this film. Right. I mean, more like him being Doc, like that angle. Oh, of oh, it. oh. Okay. Like, I, I didn't see the payoff for that coming uh-huh. at all. I didn't realize Danny was Dr. Sleep. In fact, looking at just like photos and stuff i assumed rose the hat was dr sleep oh. uh, she puts people to sleep yeah fucking gives them fucking dirt naps that's what she does <laughs> that's right she turns alive people into dead people through magic that's right um all right you want to get into 2019 this? this movie's nine hours long um <laughs> It is long. Running time. I, I'm seeing here nine hours and 45 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Directed by Mike Flanagan. Edited by no one. They kept all the footage in. Well, wait a second. What? That's not entirely true. So you watched it on Plex, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so is that a director's cut? It is the director's cut. The The theatrical cut is a half hour shorter. Um, but it's also, from what I understand, I haven't seen it, but from what I understand, it's worse. Um, I guess it doesn't, uh, uh, it, it doesn't, I guess, uh, the pacing is weird and it doesn't, uh, you know, you get more background, I guess, more character development in this version. Yeah. You know, I could totally see that. So I was like looking at reviews after I finished the movie. Right. And a lot of negative yeah, there's reviews. A lot of negative reviews. Um, not all. No. Um, some people were into it, but a lot of complaints about the things you're describing, just feeling like it um, was like missing something was right. like an almost that's like verbatim is like can't help but feel like something right. has been subtracted from this story. Like it yes. doesn't it doesn't quite resound emotionally in the way you kind of feel like it should based on like all of the way things are set up. Right. Um, Where, like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I, I felt like the version that we watched had a, had a pretty decent and pretty nice emotional payoff. I think so too. Um, 
I think I do still kind of feel like the the Danny Abra relationship mm-hmm. is kind of rushed. Sure. Um, also, like, uh, not for nothing, but Danny and uh, what's his friend's name? Billy. Uh, is that the name? yeah Curtis uh, yeah. Cliff, Cliff Curtis? Curtis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, their friendship. The fact that we flash forward eight years in time. I mm-hmm. obviously. I understand the need to do that just like from a movie making standpoint, but right. we're kind of just like the only, like it's a, we get a tell don't show situation where Dan, excuse me, he's an adult now. He's older. He's just mm. Dan. Um, he's just like Billy, I guess Billy's my best friend. <laughs> he just kind of like looks into the camera. And he's like, Billy is my best friend. I'm Dan Torrance and Billy Freeman is my best friend. (laughs) I mean, I think that's when he says it to Abra when she's like astral projected in the backseat of the car. Right. Yeah. And she's like, who's this? And he's like, it's my friend. And then, then he's like, maybe my best friend. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, So I don't know those relationships. Like I think they're very important. They were rushed. I would have liked a little more time. Yeah. Okay. Cause like, All right. I don't know when, when Dan and mm-hmm. oh, should I call him William? Just kidding. When Dan and Billy show up at Abra's house and his dad's like, who the fuck are you guys? Yeah. I'm kind of like, yeah, who the fuck <laughs> are you guys? Even once, even <laughs> once she's talking about it, like, she's like kind of unconvincing and yeah, you're right. I mean, like uh, I, I do agree with you. The only thing, the only uh, pushback I'm going to give is because I, I also I kind of agree too. Like if <laughs> if your kid like uh, if two men showed up at your house to see your teenage daughter, right? You would. I don't. And she's calling one of them uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like it's a bad scene. Um, <laughs> but the only uh, I guess like. The only difference between that and like uh you know this and like some sort of real world situation is that like Ab- the her parents Abra's parents know all about Abra's like powers and that's stuff that's true and that's they've true. experienced them and they know how like crazy they can get yeah. so like when she's like you know oh this is a guy who I've been telekinetically you know talking to he has the same powers yada 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 it's not like it's not as uh, I guess it doesn't raise as many flags then. That's that's fair know? point. I um I was also thinking like I don't know, but when they by the time they have that sort of like final conversation, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, yeah. In a moment, in like an hour, I'm sure. But <laughs> yeah. um, right in an hour. And I a half, go on. <laughs> I didn't feel like. Um, I didn't feel like the emotional resonance between them, but you know, it depends on whose story Mm. you treat this as more, because if this is more Dan's story, which I think is kind of fair to say, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then he, it's like him becoming right. They set it up with doc and the, not doc fucking Uh, Scatman. What's his character's name? I (laughs) can't remember. Uh, Dick Halloran. Dick, yeah. Um, I know it's not Scatman. I just <laughs> can't remember oh, the character name. Yeah, he was played by Scatman Carruthers. <laughs> in, um, in this, he's played by uh, uh, Carl Lumbly. 
Yes. Does a great job. I really yeah. liked him. Um, uh-huh. But he, you know, Dick says sort of like, he talks about how they were like, he was just like brought into Danny's life kind of at random. And now he is like paying the, not paying the price, but he's like, yeah. you know, still living with the ramifications of teaching him how to like use his I, power and stuff. I, know, I wrote that line down because I thought it was really funny. <laughs> was what was like, it exactly? Hold on. I'm, I'm, it was like, uh, Oh, he's like, he was like, you walked into my kitchen and I'm still on the hook. There <laughs> like, we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's really funny. A really funny thing to say coming from like a ghost, <laughs> a know? ghost who died because of your dumb dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's really just like Dan sort of like taking, you know, like stepping into that role for someone else. It's like him. Sure. It's kind of like it's like a hero's journey where the last phase of it is answering the call to action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Okay, so I think one of the overall I really do like this movie. I didn't mm-hmm. I don't think I think Ewan McGregor is a good actor. I think he's like fine in this. I think he's a little miscast though. Um, only because like, I know, you know, there's like train spotting Ewan McGregor, but he hasn't been that in so long. And to see like, I mean, uh, Ewan McGregor is like, I don't know. To me, he's like too good looking too uh, seems when he's like, you know, like kind of like being, uh, trying to make himself small or like, you know, like, just appear like a like a emotionally small or whatever. Yeah. Um I just don't buy it, you know. I, I You think- know, it's funny you say that cuz I kind of liked I liked how he played it a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was on board for a lot of it. I also felt him struggling with the accent. Yes. Well, yeah. And I think that <laughs> that can hinder a performance for sure. Like take you out of it a little bit. Yeah. Like I don't know we're we're supposed to believe that um, Ewan McGregor, who's in his mid, I don't know, mid forties, he's probably older, but like playing this character, maybe he's like mid to late forties something, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been spending the last I don't know thirty five or so years just like drinking and drugs and like you know just living this like hard life, yeah, you know, and I just don't see that in in his face, you know, mm-hmm. um, like <laughs> I, we just watched, uh, midnight mass. Right. And the guy who plays, um, Joe Collie in that, right. The, like the town drunk, he's in mm-hmm. this movie. Right. Yes. And yes. I, I completely understand that you cannot put that guy in the lead role of this movie, but like you want, you want Robert Longstreet. Yeah. Barry the chunk himself. <laughs> right. Yes. But you know, like, <laughs> Somebody like that with yeah. maybe a little bit more, you, you could see maybe some of the, the road on his face. You yeah. Know? Well, you know what I was going to say is like Henry Thomas would have been interesting. Henry Thomas would this movie. Yeah. Now does Henry Thomas kind of knock it out of the park as Jack Torrance? Yeah, I would say so. I think he's, <laughs> I think he does such a great job. Like the, that's actually a consistent thing throughout this movie is like, it does a, I know pretty good job up until they 
maybe get to the hotel at the end mm-hmm. um, of just putting enough Kubrick shining in without it being cloying. Yes. So that was one of the things I remember when this movie was coming out, there were like interviews and stuff and there was, I guess a question for Mike Flanagan of like whether or not this was going to be a movie to the, or a sequel to the movie or the book. Mm-hmm. And he, he said that he was going to try and do both, right? And he, he really and, did, and he did. Yeah, I, I think it does. Like it does the the movie uh, like a, a nice service, and then also, you know, he's such a Stephen King fan. So like, uh, obviously, like more people have seen the movie than read the book. So he's going to like you have to make it. Uh, you have to bring people in with the movie aspect of it, but mm-hmm. I feel like there's enough of the book in there. With like just I don't know just stuff just yeah. the things and the color well, of the yeah. story and I think I think the reason this is like a weirdly well suited, um, or that is a weirdly well suited to sort of like do that with yeah. make that like hybrid of like the nineteen eighty Shining is mm-hmm. not plot heavy you know it's like it's very simple in the right. storytelling. And the elements that really stick with people are all visual. Yeah. So I just think, I think that makes it like incredibly easy to just sort of like lift the things that are like sort of universally loved about that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even I, I'm going to go ahead and speak for like diehard King fans who renounce the film. Sure. And say that like you just objectively, the shining is like a, a beautiful fucking movie. Like people's yeah. complain about Kubrick as a director is that he's too, um, yeah, it's, he's, it looks too good. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like beautiful to the point of sterility. Yes. Sure. Which I, I don't endorse that opinion, but no, I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> but yeah. So like you just like, you take the carpet, you take mm-hmm. the elevator full of blood. Yeah. And then you just go from there. You dress, you give boy Danny a little bowl cut. Right. You know? It, right. So, right. The, um, who's the actress? Alex Eason. Oh, yeah. Right. AKA Plays. Mildred, um, uh, what's her name from Midnight Mass? The old right. lady who, who turns young. Yes. The, so, the world's hottest old lady. Yeah, right. <laughs> the world's hottest octogenarian. Um, <laughs> So she, so she plays uh, Wendy Torrance, right? Yes. And even that, like, there are moments when, uh, you know, maybe she's like maybe turning the dial up on like the Shelley Duvall, mm-hmm. but even so, like, uh, it's not, it's not, not over too much. No, and it's not. Uh, they're not impressions, you know. Mm. Uh, like the same thing with Henry Thomas, like doing. I mean the the guy is playing up the same part as Jack Nicholson, right? Uh, he's playing essentially Jack Nicholson. Yeah. But he's, but not, he's not doing, doing like, yeah, he's not doing the Jack I thing. Get you drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think every, all the characters that are played by different actors that come back here, Wendy, Jack, uh, what's uh, Dick, Dick Halloran? Yeah. Um, all of those actors do a really nice job of like maintaining the character. Um, 
being, you know, not like not doing a, a like exact imitation, but like there's enough of a, a imitation there to, mm. yeah, I don't know, I, I think satisfy people. Yeah. Say, right. So I think uh, the other thing, like, I don't know, uh, in the last like 10 years, right? Uh, fucking, uh, we paint houses or I heard you paint houses. Everybody is being like uh, digitally de-aged and then they just play the younger yeah. version of themselves. Or you get like, um, is it is it Rogue One with Grand Moff? Yes, Tarkin? where it's just fully CG. Yeah, yeah, and it's like very upsetting. It, yes, video game cutscene ass. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when like I don't you know before all of that they just cast new people. Yeah, and you know what? That still fucking works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could still do that. I, I don't wish know. I wish Mike Flanagan would have been like. Well, I felt I had to honor the film, but also, you know, Stephen King's vision, as well as the mini series starring Stephen Weber. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh huh. Um, Was there really yeah. no room for hedge for maze Stephen, animals and Stephen yeah. Weber? Yeah, I mean they they could have used the Stephen Weber in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Always use Stephen Weber. Yeah, I mean, throw another I, half hour on. What? A, I, yeah. I got time. Clearly, He's I have pro- time. You know, he's obviously he's too old at this point, Steve, but mm. uh, like a younger Steve Weber would have been a good Danny Torrance, too. Yeah. Um, oh, no, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, OK, so. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about, you know, because we mentioned Alex Esso, who plays mm-hmm. Wendy in. I, I got to say, though, real quick uh, on Wendy, that wig, I was mm-hmm. just like. Wig, 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 wig. That's a wig. That's a wig. Wig, 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 wig. Quite. Uh, it, it was such a wig. But okay. It, it was. It was a wig. Yeah. But while we're, you know, we mentioned Alex. We mentioned Robert Longstreet, Barry the Chunk himself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a couple other Flan uh, members of the Flan Repertory Theater. Yeah. Uh, we have Carol <laughs> Stroykin, the Moonlight Man himself. Uh He's here. You love to see it. <laughs> you you literally do love to see it. He's so <laughs> big. My goodness. <laughs> so big. <laughs> um, also, though, mm-hmm. uh, we mentioned Henry Thomas as well. Bruce Greenwood's back. Yeah, King alum. Yes. Playing Dr. John, right. who, uh, <laughs> of course, New I mean, Orleans right. jazz great Dr. John. <laughs> I do feel like that's a good opportunity to move into this movie, a discussion of this movie's obsession with stupid hats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dr. John, uh, this guy, I mean, talk about being in the right place at the wrong time. Am I mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're talking about. I'm, I'm just talking that's... about jo- Dr. John. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't like, uh, you don't like a little Ico Ico? Oh, is that Dr. John? He does a version. It's like, it's, I don't know. It just sounds like fucking Dr. John. I'm yeah, like, yeah. a Dr. John impression. <laughs> yeah, do a doctor. Do your Dr. No, John. No, I won't be doing that because it's offensive when he does it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's just a weird Cajun man. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. Wait. Uh, what were we? We're talking about hats. Oh, hats. Stupid hats. Rose the hat. Rose the hat. Played by Rebecca Ferguson. Fucking Smoke step show? on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the yeah. 
Yeah, Dude. truly. And like specifically Rose the Hat stepped yeah. on me. Suck yeah, my totally. steam. Suck all the steam out of <laughs> Please, my body. Uh, you can yeah. have it. I will hand it to you willingly. Jam a <laughs> finger in my carotid artery. Like, yeah, mommy, <laughs> please. R- Rebecca so, Ferguson is just uh, just a, a gorgeous woman. Uh, truly, just, it, yeah. If um, yeah, we we hadn't really mentioned it yet, but she's a gorgeous woman. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and her as Rose the Hat being like the leader of this group, um, extremely dangerous, uh, buddy. Just uh, you're just. You're you're ringing all my bells here. <laughs> um, also, the fact that she's got like that crazy accent. Yeah, she's like, it's an, and and the the accent too. That was like, she did that all of that on purpose because yeah. she was probably so old that yes, she had been right. around and they mentioned all that. different places. Right. Yeah. 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 So actually, okay. Little, should we set the table story wise sure. a little let's bit? Set, yeah, let's, let's set the table. So, Danny Torrance, he got old. He got a little Dan. older, so now he's Dan. Right. Drop the knee; it's cleaner. <laughs> um, that's Dick said that to him in a meeting. <laughs> in one of the in before a <laughs> before he sold Napster. Yeah. Um, and he. Uh, ends up in this small town in New Hampshire. He's trying to get clean mm-hmm. from drinking. He's an alcoholic. Yeah, right. That's cool. where that's where he starts off. At the same time, mm-hmm. there's a band of marauding, um, basically like soul vampires, kind of. Basically, yeah. Not really souls. You still get to keep your soul. I think. I think maybe. I don't know. Actually, that's unclear. Yeah, what it's is a little unclear. I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. I I shudder to. I don't like the idea of a uh, little boy getting yeah his soul drank. <laughs> I know that that open open. Oh Rob. Oh Rob. Back check. Hello. All right. Um, that cold open with uh, Rose the Hat and the girl pilot. Mm-hmm. What is my? Am I breaking up here? Yeah. What the? What the? I mean, what? you're back now. Just All roll right. with it. Uh, th- that's where the movie opens. 1980, uh, which is the same year as The Shining. What mm. what takes place there? So while you know Danny Torrance is you know running around the the Overlook Hotel. Uh, elsewhere, Rose the Hat is luring a little girl over with some flowers. The scene, that scene, you like, you get so much from uh, Rebecca Ferguson's character. You, you like, the way that she offers the flowers with like her arm fully extended, and then and the then girl draw. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. As the girl reaches for it, she like draws her arm back in. Yeah, yeah like it's... like she's luring a, a small animal in, um, and then she's just like she she eats the flower because it's like a beautiful thing, and then you know whatever. She she just like it, it goes from like oh this is like a nice person to like oh this is like very sinister. Yes, and it happens very um, quick, and it but it, there's no like. I don't know. There's no change in her demeanor or anything. It just shifts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The um, 
kind of flex a little. Of course. I think the flower eating may have also been a reference to the freaking Greek myth of the oh. lotus eaters. You oh, know that one? No. They're like a, they're people that just like indulge in pleasure. Uh, that's all they do. They just eat lotuses and it gets them high and they just freaking sit there forever, dude. And they, um, these guys seem pretty cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool. And I don't know. It's just sort of like, it's not really central to what the, the, where are they called? The knot? The, yeah, the knot. The, there's another, the true knot. Yes. True yes. knot. Yep. The true knot. Um, yeah, because it's like a little play on words also. Yeah. It's true. Not. <laughs> they do not that, really. They play, they do that joke like one too many times in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I would say there's a lot of instances of one too, too many times in the movie. Not uh-huh. really. Just the old, not uh, the 1980 shining stuff. Really at the end, I was like, yeah, we probably didn't have to go back there. Like the, th- the third time. Yes. To, to the past, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's that's our cold open, and yeah, she's so great, and like it's such a king trope to, um, like that kind of it, it's Pennywise. It's yes, it is that exact thing. It's a, kill a yes. kid, let you know how high the stakes are, right? Um, uh, yeah, it, that, and and it just works, be like so. a little yeah, a little charmer, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, that, right. We meet up with, uh, should we go? I I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I also like, there are some like important things that happen in like the first like 10 or 15 minutes where like we see young Danny Torrance in his apartment. Um, he has his own apartment. Yeah, it's a it's a little apartment. He's oh, got a little oh. stove. Yeah, my first bachelor pad. <laughs> um, no, it, it, but he gets up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and he walks in, and there's a bath hag in the bathroom. She's just there, and you know, creeping out. Obviously, <laughs> whatever. It's she's bath hag. What, what is she going to do? She's um, gonna, she's going to get out of the bath. Right. That's what She's she does. She you. starts in the bath and then she gets out of the bath. Yeah. And we get full frontal bath hag. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of hag. <laughs> it was. Uh-huh. It was t- tip to, uh, you know, snout to tail hag. <laughs> right. For sure. For sure. Every part uh, of the hag was used in the making of this movie. <laughs> uh, but then young Danny has a, he has one of his little meetings with Dick Halloran and Dick sort of explains, he's like, yeah, I mean, like, the, the spirits, most of the time, they can't, you know, they can't uh, hurt you. But then, like, well, what sometimes. He says, well, what he says basically is, like, so Danny's like, you told me they couldn't hurt me, that they were, like, pictures in a book. And he said, for me, that's all they were, but I don't, I don't shine like you, bro. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 bro. Um, he's, he's basically like, you're too powerful. You're so powerful that you conjure ghosts for real, for real. Yeah. And so Danny, he's like, here's what you can do. This is what I did. He's like, he pulls out this ornate little box and he's like, he's basically like, 
he doesn't say what to do with the box. He's just kind of like, learn this box, like learn right. the feel of it, you know, memorize how it looks, smell it. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta, you gotta get all that down. And then the next thing we see is, um, it's Danny at home with Wendy. They're watching Bugs Bunny. Yep. It's a good time. And Danny just sort of like, um, also we get the, the score that sort of like lets you know when something spooky is happening is uh-huh. literally just like, it's like a drum, like a bass drum that sounds like a heartbeat. Yep. It's very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> um, as someone with probably elevated blood pressure, I can't mm-hmm. help wondering if this is it for me <laughs> for three hours. Um, he goes to the bathroom, sees the bath tag, closes the door behind him. Yeah. Pres- I'm I mean, like, is this kid going to fuck? <laughs> is, is he, he fucking that bath tag? Dude, I wouldn't, but more power to you, brother. <laughs> I, I thought you, that I love that shot of him. Like, like the bath tag is like standing there and he just walks in there and closes the door. Pretty badass for a little mm-hmm. kid to like, be like, all right, you're going in the box. Yeah. Yeah. And the door closes. You hear her scream, not in sexual ecstasy. No, I want to put that to bed right now. <laughs> um, and then he comes back out and like sits back down on the couch and sort of like, embraces Wendy. Yeah. You know? She's like, are you, is everything okay? And she's like, and he hasn't talked. He hasn't spoken at all since, uh, the overlook. And, and then he says, yeah, mom, I'm doing good. And, and, and yeah, little Danny. Yeah. There you go. Um, so then we, we catch up with, uh, older Dan and he's a fucking disaster. Um, he wakes up in kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like, he wakes up next to uh, some woman he doesn't, he barely remembers. He starts putting the pieces together of last night because he was so drunk. Mm-hmm. He got into a fight. He went home with this woman. They had sex. He did got a bunch of into drugs. a hell of a fight. He yeah. picked up a pool ball and started beating a guy's face with it. Yeah. Pretty and cool. The, That's the what girl, I mean when I say he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He hurt that man. That's cool. <laughs> Uh, and then the, the, the woman that he goes home with, uh, she's like, do you think she, you killed that guy? I hope you killed him. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, uh, in the morning, you know, uh, he wakes, he wakes up before and he's like, he starts go, he opens his wallet. There's no money in there. Yep. And he, he's like, well, damn, I need money. Mm -hmm. Danny need money. (laughs) And he goes into her wallet, grabs a big wad of cash, and Dick pops in. He's like, "Don't do that, man." He's like, "You should." He's like, "Um, what's he say about?" He's like, "Memories are the they're the real ghosts, right? Yeah. They're the ghosts you can't put in the box." That's what it is. He tries to like put the memory of stealing the money in the box, and Dick's uh-huh. like, "It doesn't work like that." Right. Um, surprised that was the first time he ever tried it. Yeah. It's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I feel like that would have come up before. Yeah. Probably probably has some memories he doesn't want to keep around. Yeah. You would have thought, but, um, then he also sees the lady's kid. It was like a toddler. Uh, Like, yeah. In diapers, but walking around and he puts the money. No, he keeps the money. He does. He keeps the money and he leaves. Right. 
And he puts the baby with the mom and then, and the mom is it. like fully asleep. Yeah. She is, she is alive. I, Cause you could see her breathing, but she is like passed the fuck out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I kind of, what'd you think of that moment where they come back a little later? Ugh. Hated it's brutal. it. It is. It's so brutal. Terrible. I mean, yeah. It's, it's so, uh, you know, Danny, obviously he could see ghosts and stuff. And then he, uh, once he's started his new life in, uh, is it Connecticut? It's in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, they, you can't tell a story of redemption in the cesspool of Connecticut. No, you can't. No, nothing good has ever happened there. No. Um, yeah. It's, but like, so he uh, he wakes up and he, he feels like a hand on him. And then he looks over and it's that woman and she is dead. And she says, they still haven't found us. Um, which is just like, oh my God. And then you know she's like the baby uh was crying for for days or something like that and everybody just assumed you know they all the neighbors and stuff had been so used to it because she used to go out so much and leave yeah. the kid by by itself um and then and then the the baby rolls over and the baby is also dead yeah and just sort of like blinks and it says like mama or something like that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Dan is like, oh, no. <laughs> and Dan was like, oh, no. I know. That's, that scene is hard to watch. That's there like, are some really hard to watch scenes in this movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're reading Salem's Lot, too. And as we discussed on, on our part two episode, um, there's a, another scene with an infant death in it. And it's right. just like, I mean, it... <laughs> oh man, it's like infant death and neglectful mother, and right, just like yeah, the supreme tragedy of those things. It's just like so hard to fucking stomach. Yeah. And this is in a movie with a brutal child murder scene. <laughs> yes, a graphic. I, yeah, I did think at that moment I was like, well, surely it can't get worse than this. <laughs> and then it, it went ahead and did do that for me. Did you know yeah. about that scene? Going into this, I knew kind of about that scene. I knew that, like, um, well, when they were trying to get a rating for it, like that, that was like a big issue. Um, mm. I and you know, I looked into after watching it. I looked into it a little bit, and like, apparently, it was very hard for everybody on the set except for Jacob Tremblay, yeah. who was like. Just a professional yeah. about the whole thing. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> we like, love a little professional. Yeah, we love it. We love to see it. Um, yeah, not like, not in detail. Not, I did not know how upsetting that, that scene would be. Yeah. Uh, which it very, like, it really is. This, there's blood. Oh my God, it's there's like so much blood. It's truly shocking. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, I mean, like, you like, just, you don't see that shit in movies. No. You really don't. Um. Yeah. But yeah. Um, okay. So Fine, we'll so, get there. Yeah. Yeah. So Danny, Dan, he moves Danny. to New Hampshire. He's like right off the bus and he, he meets, uh, Bill or Billy. And Billy is like, I, like I've seen that look before and 
he he doesn't know Dan's like full story, but he's he knows of it. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, I could tell this guy has been through the fucking ringer, probably has like some sort of drug issues, maybe out of jail, something like that, but looking for a fresh start, right? Yeah. There there's that line where like uh, Billy asks him, like, what are you running from? And Dan says, uh, myself. And he's like, oh, that's a shame. That, that's the thing about running away from yourself. He's always, he's always there with you. And Dan's yeah. like, yeah, it's a motherfucker or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Bill, so, but Billy sets him up with like a boarding house, like a, like an attic room, like, you know, nothing crazy, nothing fancy, but just like, you know, nice place. It is and nice. It's cool. Cool it is, it's pretty cool. That big wall with the chalkboard paint on it. Yep. Right. I forget what the explanation is. Who whoever lived there before him. Yeah, it was like some artist kid who did it, and then uh, he didn't paint over it. But then the, the landlady was like, "That's fine because I'm gonna write down how much money you owe me. <laughs> These are the rules. You pay me this, and you behave." Um, yeah, it was like eighty dollars a week. Behave. Yeah, uh, and then. Uh, and then Billy gets He's him. Like, Who's his landlord? Austin Powers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say. It. Um, and then yeah, Billy takes him to an AA meeting, right, and helps him get sober. And and while this is happening, elsewhere, there's a young girl named Abra, who is. Uh, we find out she has powers. She has the shining. She has the, the ability to move things with her mind. Um, when she's a kid, we don't really see the extent of her powers. We just know that she has them. Does All that, we see her do is uh, put a bunch of spoons on the ceiling. Right. She stands spoons on their end off the ceiling, though. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's there's a yeah. whole thing. She has like a birthday party, and there's a magician. He does yeah. a trick with a spoon, and she's like, I can do that. He's like, that's great, kid. Yeah, yeah, um, shut up. <laughs> real poor bedside manner on that magician, I must say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I'll tell you what—he had me laughing though when all that stuff was falling all over the place. I mean, it's funny. That's Fumbling magician, great bit. Yeah, <laughs> the amazing uh, Jonathan. Oh my god, I love the amazing. Jonathan. Forget it. It's funny. It's funny. Okay, so yes, Abra has powers. What did you think um, of her name being Abra? <laughs> real classic king bullshit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I absolutely did not care. I absolutely did not care for it. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Do you think because there's this no girl like, named Abra is magic? <laughs> there's no double meaning. Nope. It's just like it's one meaning. It, what's it's like? What's it short for? Abigail? Like <laughs> it's just it just is the first half of Abracadabra. Yes. Yeah uh, that that was annoying to me. Totally. You could. Could just named her something normal. Name her um, Danielle Torrance. Danielle Torrencina. Yeah, the feminine Cena. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the parents are like totally freaked out about the little girl and her powers and stuff, and they yeah, basically they don't want her to be using them and whatnot. Um, but really freaked out. Cut to eight years later, and we get that nice. I mean, it's the Flan Man. You're not going to get out of here without some monologues. And we get a nice monologue from Dan at an AA meeting mm. uh, after he has eight years sober. And he talks about how uh, his dad had a chip like that. 
Uh, he was, I think, five or six months sober before uh, he died or whatever. And he goes into like, um, you know, uh, his addiction and how when he got drunk, he broke Dan's arm. Um, and he sort of like covers for him a little bit. He was like, you know, he, he did that. And then he like, then he got sober. Right. And yeah. then like, it wasn't bad. And then, you know, and then he died. Um, and then he's like this, you know, he dedicates the, the eight year chip to Jack Torrance. Yes. Right? I can't, is it, I'm guessing it's probably in his for the first time he speaks at the meeting or whatever, but, mm-hmm. or no, maybe it is that, that speech where he talks about how he used to drink because that, that was the only way that he f- he could, w- could connect, connect with yeah, his dad or like understand him, yeah. right? Yeah, right. The ra- the the part of Dan that would come out when he would drink would be like the rage and all of these like negative emotions, mm-hmm. and he's like, I got all those from my father. Yeah, and that was the only way I could like you know feel what he was and feeling, like, connect with him. Like that's it's. It's a pretty cool choice. I mean, not really. A choice isn't the right word, but it, I liked no. that element of it because it's like the, this is a guy who talks to ghosts regularly, right? Right, <laughs> yeah. and the one one ghost he cannot commune with and understand is his dad, right? Yeah, yeah. It just so he's got to get like blind drunk to to yeah. not talk to him, but to to connect with him in the only way he can. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, uh, um, we get, uh, let's see, there's the Jacob Tremblay stuff. That doesn't. Well, one thing I want to touch on while we're talking Uh about like unnecessary nods to 1980 shining. Okay. Um, so there's that scene where, um, it's, it's at that same meeting where, mm-hmm. uh, so the meetings are led by Bruce Greenwood, uh, Dr. John yeah. yep. and, um, yeah, he, so they have uh, a whole- Dan notices, yeah, Dan, Dan notices Dr. John, like kind of like grabbing at his wrist a little bit and he's like, he comes up to him at the end of the night and he's like, you're looking for your watch. You left it, you know, wherever at work. Right. He like, he rattles off like the whole thing is like, you wash your hands because of this and you left it on like the soap dispenser or something. It's at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, right. There's but that then scene. we cut to yeah. <laughs> the scene in Dr. John's office. And for no reason, his office is the office of the manager of the overlook. Yeah. Right. The whole it's, yeah, it's not the exact office, but it just it just looks exactly like that. It office. does. He's got the the huge window behind him, which is like letting too much right. light in or whatever. And it's got the yes. American flag on his desk, which weirdly was the thing that made me be like, I, I see now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and and everything in the shot, like in the in that scene between them in the office, is just everything is framed exactly like The Shining, which mm-hmm. like it's. I, I totally understand what you're saying that like ma- that was like maybe a little bit overboard and yeah. that might not age as well. Like if you, you know, this is like a newer movie or whatever, but if you, you know, in 10 or 15 years, somebody like just watches like the shining and then this, like it might seem like goofy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like to, th- it, it, we already we have the Doctor Sleep movie, right? 
it exists in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, before it existed in the world, there was talk of a sequel to The Shining. And people are like, what are you talking about? You can't make a sequel to The Shining. What do you, <laughs> how do you make a sequel to that? What are you talking about, right? What does that even look like? And I get like, I think this movie is definitely, between like characters and plot and all these things, uh, different than the original movie, right? Sure, yeah. Um, but it is so undeniably connected to it. Like, obviously, like the final like showdown or whatever, but also like everything about it, like there's always going to be the shining cloud hanging over a, a sequel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when they did uh, 2010, like the sequel to 2001, oh, like how yeah. do you do that? <laughs> you know? yeah. Which is also based on a novel. Yes. Um, right. So, but like, I, I understand what you're saying. Like it, it was like, it, it may have been a bit much to have, the essentially a very similar scene. Right. In- but there's, I mean, there's also no denying the fact that like, I mean, I think probably rightly the flan man understood that like people would balk at this if there mm-hmm. wasn't enough, like, I don't know. There we're, is the, certain- we're, we're living through the age of fan service. Yes. And there, I, I, yes, I think that there has to be, a certain level of like, I don't know if you want to call them Easter eggs or whatever, but like, I mean, this is like a fairly obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know it to me. Like I see it. And if you're like, I'm sure that there are people that watched this movie and watched that scene and didn't make that connection. Right. We have a Stephen King podcast. So like <laughs> we, that doesn't mean I know anything. No, it doesn't. But also, we we've seen The Shining a couple times, and yeah. you know yeah. we, we get it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I I like the way that they like. Okay, they frame the shots up. Everything it looks, you know, it's the same, whatever. But also, like they, there's no like uh, explicit uh, sort of attention drawn to it. Mm. It's not like that's true. Yeah, it's not know, like he's like. There's like a. In a lesser movie, there's a stupid line that's like, I just have the weirdest feeling I've been here before. It, it, yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. Right. It, like, I, so much fan service now is like, uh, they show the thing that is like the fan service, and then they have somebody call attention to it. Mm-hmm. It can't just exist, where I feel like this exists. Like, yeah, is it fan service? Yes. Is it over the top? I don't think so. Yeah. Just my opinion. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I but, still, <laughs> yeah, you I'm, not sold, like, fine. I'm not that's sold, but I'm not sold, but I, I think, I think you're bringing up some, some very valid points here. Uh, so Dr. John <laughs> offers him a, uh, a position as an orderly in this nursing home. And so Danny accepts it. He doesn't have a job or he's got like some, like, kind of shitty job or whatever. There's like, and yeah, well, he, yeah, he, he met says um, he is like working two days at like a toy store or something. What it is, is, um, so remember when he meets Billy, there's like that, like model of the town. Yes. And like the, 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 the fake town. train. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and there's like, yeah, the, the fake train that like little kids ride on. He, Billy works the fake train and gives him work. Right. Conducting the fake train. <laughs> right. So he, yes. Okay. 
so he, he accepts the job and and he's just an orderly like he's just like you know helping clean up just doing whatever right and he sees uh there's like a cat that just sort of like lives at the nursing home and mm. just like runs around. you know what it looks like it looks Great like cat. you know that have you ever seen that meme of like a taxidermied white cat that has like human hands no jesus christ <laughs> hold on let me uh i'm gonna pull it up because we can okay we have the tech all right um can it post it in the the chat here oh um, no i can screen share that's what i mean oh yeah hey yeah okay hold on i feel like okay. you've probably seen this i've got it open here i just want to make it as large as possible before i okay <laughs> let's see open image and new tab that's perfect now Great. I go to my my screen sharing here, <clears throat> and here we go. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> it looks like that, don't you think? Yeah, it it does. I do. Okay. I yeah, I do know that meme. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, so, uh, but this cat knows it, it knows when when people are gonna die, right? So it, yeah. King <laughs> so it goes into their room and just like sits on their bed and just like stays with these people when they're going to die. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, Danny goes in, you know, he's like, hold on, let me get this cat. And the guy's like, no, it's fine. He it's, and he, he explains like the cat only does this when like, you know, somebody's about to die or whatever. And the guy starts like, he starts talking to Dan about like dying and, uh, you know, he's scared and all of these things. And like, he starts like really getting scared. He's like, I don't what's going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And then Dan, uh, using his shining powers, <laughs> calms the guy, calms him down and just takes away all of his fear. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he says that he sees his wife. I don't know if Dan is putting those, that image in his head or if it's like, if he's actually like seeing, you know, like he's going to cross over or whatever. I think, I think we're led to believe that he really is because there's, um, another patient later in the movie Mm -hmm. and Dan is like, he's like, I see your kids or whatever. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, I think, I think that's meant to be real. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, and then this guy dies and, Dan, Dan just stays there. He stay like, he just, he stays with the guy. He helps with all the, like the fear and, and all of these like, uh, negative emotions and just helped the guy like die in peace. Right. Yeah. This is where we get the origin of his cool nickname. His cool name. Um, so he right, becomes Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Uh, the guy's like. Guy's basically like, oh, doctor. He's like, oh, I'm not a doctor. He's like, you're kind of a do- you're kind of being a doctor right now. <laughs> yeah. And what what Dan keeps saying to like calm him down. He's like, he's like, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just sleep. He's like, right. it's it's the first restful sleep you've probably ever had or whatever. Right. You know, like all that kind of stuff. He's like, I guess you're kind of like a doctor of sleep. I know what I'll call you. I'll call you Dr. <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> and the rest of the movie is him trying to figure out what his cool nickname should be. <laughs> it's, a yeah, it's a weird turn for the shining sequel. But. 
Um, that old king trope of trying to figure out what your nickname should be. <laughs> your nickname is going to be. <laughs> uh, so that becomes, uh, on top of being an orderly, he uh, he gets uh, he he becomes Doctor Sleep. He for years he goes on and he helps these elderly people uh, die in peace. And mm-hmm. him and that cat, <laughs> like the cat, shows him who's about to die, and then he goes in there and he does you know does his thing. Um, so while while this is going on, right? Um, he, I forget exactly how it starts, but the girl Abra um, can can see Dan, like uh, sort of mentally, yeah. not like actually see him. It's like, like um, it's it's like Danny and Dick, where like. Right. They could just kind of sense each other because they both had that power, but right. because each of them is more powerful, they can basically just like transmit farther. Yes, right. Um, and they start they start communicating with each other via the the chalkboard wall where they mm. start where they're you know Dan like wakes up and it says hello on there and then he says he writes hi and then they sort of have like this conversation. You know, just like little shit back and forth. Um, and then at a certain point, uh, Abra comes out to see Dan. And, uh, you know, they they talk about it a bit. Um, she's like, is she, does she know about the, the true knot at that point? Or is it just like, uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I think I'm she... I'm trying to remember, yeah. Um, I think at that point she's just like, she's more, uh, like, uh, talking about her powers and like, um, are there more people like us and that kind of thing? Um, I, you know, now I'm not sure because no, she must know at that point because I have like a distinct memory of like, so she finds out about the true knot when Jacob Tremblay is assassinated (laughs) and, um, well, she does, but at, uh, doesn't she? Doesn't she visit him before that? I think the reason I think it's after is because she writes like you know she writes red rum on the chalkboard. Hey, like that right. other movie, <laughs> and um, at the end of you know he's like who, and she says baseball boy, and he mm-hmm. says hope you're okay. No, yep. And then yeah. I think yeah. after yeah, you're right. I, I think because she like she's like screaming in bed or whatever, and her parents have to comfort her. And then yeah. the next day, like she goes off to school or whatever, and seems like very dis disinterest disengaged or whatever. And then yeah. skips school to get on a bus to go meet. Right. Dan. Okay. So let's talk about the Jacob Tremblay scene. Uh, he is a young. He's a little league. Uh, is he a pitcher or? No, I can't remember. He's, he's a little no, baseball he, player. He hit whatever. the ball. What they say is like uh, uh, at the game, there's like a couple dads talking. He's like, this kid hits every single time he gets up. Hey, it's like one thing along. And then one of those that? dads. Really? Is, yep. One of those dads there is the original Danny Torrance all grown up. You're kidding. He's, no, that's that's him. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's he, fun. He, there's two guys that are sitting there. He's the one on the left. Um, wow. Totally missed yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So Danny Torrance and another <laughs> man 
Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, they're um, talking they're, about how the kid's gonna, you know. He's like one of the, he's like, you know, one of these days uh one of those scouts is going to show up to these games right. and meanwhile, you know, a little dramatic irony, Rose the Hat's right-hand man Crow Daddy <laughs> played by <laughs> Zon McLarnon. Yeah. Right. Who is like that guy fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, he's cool as hell. He's cool as hell. Uh he was on he was season 2 of Fargo which he was yes. like the most Thank fucking you. badass guy. <laughs> he yeah. Was just fucking Ponzi. everybody up. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like I could not place him. Damn. Yep. Okay, yeah. He's great. Um so he's like at the game basically he's going to go like steal this boy he's so he can, Yeah. He's scouting for sure. Um so Jacob Tremblay. Oh, we didn't talk about Snakebite Andy either, which is another huge fucking thing. Oh, the, Snakebite the Andy. Girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, I think we can loop back around to that because. Okay. This is her like. Is this her initiate? No, this is her first. This kill. is her first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Her first steam bath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so, so, yes. The, they, the true knot. The true not know they can they can sense uh, other people who have like powers. Not everybody has the same shining power. Uh, th- different people have different uh, can do different things. Mm-hmm. And Snakebite Andy is a fifteen year old girl who lures uh, like perverts uh, in like off the internet or whatever. And she has the ability to like they call her a pusher. Which she just uh, she says something and people do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is there th- another movie? Real quick, is there another movie we've done where someone with that power is referred to as a pusher? Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Um, Felt familiar. Yeah, but she. So she she does that. She you know puts this guy to sleep. He said you know she says sleep and he just knocks you know nods off, and she's like. She takes out a knife and she she cuts little like two little marks into his cheek, and she steals his wallet, and and she's like, a stolen wallet. You'll be able to explain to your wife, but you're not going to be able to explain uh, these cuts on your face. Mm-hmm. And she's like, every time you look in the mirror and you see this, you have to say out loud, "I like little girls," and if you ever. She says something else like, if you ever try and do this again, I'll kill you, right? And while this is going on, Rosa Hat and Crow Daddy are hanging back. They're watching all of this go down. They're like, they were going to take her steam, it seemed like. And then the, uh, Crow Daddy's like, we should turn her and she should you know, join the, the true knot. Uh, we haven't had a pusher in a while, right? Mm-hmm. So they talk to her, um, the kidnapper. Rose explains, like, you know, if you if you join us, basically, you'll. Uh, what she she says, you'll eat well and live long. And so Snakebite Andy agrees, and there's this whole ceremony where she uh, like transforms, and uh, it, it's a. Uh, it's I think it's like this beautiful shot. It's all shot at night, all of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And we see more of the true knot there. Um and then then 
the next time we see her, like she's just waking up and they're on the beach and she's been asleep for like days at this point. And it's just them. They're like hanging out on the beach. They're like grilling. They're just like, you know, just hanging. It's and real boho. Yeah, totally. They, they all drive around in like RVs and yeah. campers and shit. And Bunch she, of fucking rusted root fan. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she joins up and she's like, uh, that's her power. Mm-hmm. So when Jacob Tremblay is walking home, this van pulls up next to him and uh, what's his name? The chunk. Oh, Barry, um, Barry the Barry, chunk. Yeah. Barry, Barry the chunk is like, Hey, number 19. Hell he said, well, out there. hold on. He says, Hey, 19. Oh, he does say, Hey, 19, which 19 is like a Stephen King number. Yes. Uh, and Hey, 19 is a <laughs> Steely Dan song. <laughs> Uh, um, but yes, 19 comes up all the damn time. Guy loves 19. Right. So he, uh, Barry, the chunk tries to, he says, why, why don't we give you a ride or whatever? And the kid's like, no, no, thank you. And then the door slides open and it's snake by Nandy. And she said, you know, she says, you want to come with us? And then the kid's like, he just gets in the van. Yeah. Uh, cut to later that night. There's like a circle of like the RVs around the spot, and these people are like uh, nailing spikes into the ground. And Barry the Chunk grabs a kid who's like flailing and crying, and they tie him up. And he is begging and pleading for his life. Yeah, it's that's the upsetting shit. It's is, really fucking horrible. And then there's just like one scream before anything even happens to him. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, ugh, it's, it's, it's a really brutal scene. Uh, you know, Rose, the hat, she's there and she like, she has this knife and, and the kid asks, are you going to hurt me? And she says, Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeez. Um, because apparently like fear and pain purify the steam. Mm-hmm. So, so they start like torturing this kid, stabbing him and doing all this shit. And he is releasing this steam and they're all just inhaling it. They all like they, they crowd around and they just start breathing it in. And then they're like shotgunning it to each other. Yeah. And then it's pretty eyes hot. are glowing. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, and it is like a, a sex thing for them. At, like I was joking, oh. but they're all like it's very horny the way that they're acting with each yeah, other. Yeah, they're definitely going to like go fuck in the, the all their RVs or right out in the open. <laughs> yeah. Um now Rob. Yeah. Is this movie about adrenochrome harvesting? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. All yeah. of these like I think Rose Bohemian the Hat rep- style. <laughs> oh, yeah, Bohemian Grove. Ah, ah, there we a go. Word that, a word that you said that's nowhere in the movie. We see the connection. <laughs> <laughs> I think this Rose the Hat is a bit of a Hillary the Rodham Clinton type, oh. don't you? Well, man, let's. Hey, do your own. What research. happened to those? Yeah, what happened to those hard drives? I want to oh. see Biden's laptop, Hunter Biden. <laughs> I do too. I heard there's some horse cock on there. <laughs> I didn't hear that. 
Oh, not like literally. I just heard he has uh, a humongous dick. No, does oh, Hunter? It's uh, it's uh, his name for his cock. He calls it oh. the Hunter. Oh, Rob. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> that's Surprise. crap. Too yeah. much. All right, mm-hmm. not that kind just, of show. Just right there. <laughs> um, so uh, they kill this boy and they drink up all of his steam. They have these like canisters that they they save steam in. Mm-hmm. So you know, save it for later. Thermos. Uh, but they keep they yeah, but they do keep saying that like steam is becoming more and more rare. Um probably because they're fucking killing all these people. But this was a bit of like a jerk off motion moment for me. Um, uh-huh. although I do think it's funny that they specifically they're like, okay, so what um who says it? Is it Crow Man? Uh, Crow Daddy? I th- yeah, it's Crow Daddy or Rose. I, I can't remember. So Crow, yeah. Um, they're they're just talking about it. And I think Crow Daddy is the one who's like, yeah, I don't know what it is. If it's uh, they're these smartphones or freaking Netflix oh. or whatever. <laughs> and as yeah. annoying as like that idea is that the what uh. true as it may be, I don't even I'm not even disagreeing. I'm just saying it's annoying to mention it. I guess. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, you're right. It is annoying to mention it because we all know that these things are killing us. We just yeah. we're all fucking addicted to it, man. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was funny that they mentioned Netflix specifically just because of Mike Flanagan's very productive relationship with Netflix. Yeah, until recently, which I guess he, they had like a falling out and now he's over at uh, Amazon. I, I didn't realize it was a, a falling out type of situation. I just uh, I, I thought it, I think it was. Damn. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, we know that Mike Flanagan is a loyal person. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know him at all, but I know that about him. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's like Carol Stryken. Well, actually I would cast that guy in absolutely everything. If I could. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Bad example. <laughs> that, so that guy, I, I was looking at, I mean, he's been in, he was in twin peaks, mm-hmm. um, which he totally looks like he belongs in twin peaks. Sure. He plays the giant, of course. And, uh, he also played Lurch in those Adams Family movies. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. Um, Good for him. He's got yeah, dialogue in this too, which was nice. Yeah, he's like, yes, he's like a full on, like a real character. He's not just there to be like scary or anything. Yeah, he gets a he gets a death scene. Yeah, he's right. He plays like, uh, you know, if Rose is like the leader of the group or whatever. Uh, this guy is the oldest one. He's sort of like the elder. Yes. And he may have led them at one point, but at this point he's like semi-retired. He yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's grandpa flick is his name. Right. And, uh, eating little boys steam is his game. Arguably <laughs> one could make a case. Um, so, so, we, so the, the murder, or, you know, red rum or whatever. Um, there's uh, the scene where, uh, so what's her name? Uh, Abra, she, using her shining power, she can see everything that happened to Jacob Tremblay. Um, His whole and, filmography. Yeah, she saw all of it. Um, no, she sees it and 
uh, she tries to tell Dan about it and she gets really like, I don't know, freaked out. There's like a whole thing um, where she like projects like the, uh, I don't know. It's like this hard earthquake thing and shakes his house and the chalk wall just spells out murder. Yeah. But Dan first sees it in the mirror and it, which spells out red rum mm. and you know, how we didn't <laughs> Dan is rolling his eyes so hard right now. <laughs> you need to do it, <laughs> buddy. It's a see you how much to well, like, how much of this stuff though is in the book. Good question. Don't know. We don't talk right? about like, the book. We don't talk about the books. This is King Me, baby. Yeah. Not King Me Babies, though. Um, No, well, we talk about the book and King Me Babies, of course. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think, I'm sure that a lot of this, like, connection stuff and, like, the the red rum and whatever has to be from, like, the red rum specifically, that has to be in the book. That is, like, way too overboard to just be, like, an Easter egg. (laughs) Yeah. Fair. Um, Fair enough. Um, so uh, okay, yes, yeah, and then we get that scene where Rose is in the uh, the supermarket and Abra like projects into the supermarket and pushes her. Yeah. So w- when Jacob Tremblay is killed, Abra senses it and like projects into that scene, and Rose spots her, right? And Abra spots her back, so they're aware of each other. Um, Rose is like, we got to find that girl. She's like the most powerful little, little girl I've ever seen. She's like, she's, yeah, no. Yeah. Go on. Um, so then, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say fast forward to the scene at the supermarket when Rose is buying, I guess they also eat snacks. Yeah. They eat regular food in addition to the steam that, okay. I would maybe, I would maybe take that bargain. It sounds nice. <laughs> it, it's like, uh, yeah, it's you're not quite a vampire. Vampires can't like eat regular food, and this is like being <laughs> right, a yeah. vampire that can like go to a cookout and shit. I mean, honestly, as like a sort of like metaphor for, sorry, class upper being oh, upper class, like uh, the 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 blood you must extract in order to like live that kind of lifestyle. I think there's very mm-hmm. something. Uh, very tr- rings very true for me about that. But anyway, sure. so um yeah, she's at shopping. She's yeah. at the supermarket and Abra projects into her. Right? We get that point of view yeah. shot of um what's her, what's it's her a, name? It's a reflection Rose. in yeah, in the cold case. <laughs> yes. So she's like in Rose's body which like it happens a couple times. Hubba hubba. And yeah, wouldn't we all yeah. want to be in the same that position? Thing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on. So uh, um, Rose Rose like clocks her or whatever and tries to sort of like snatch her. I don't know. It's all very metaphysical and kind of hard to. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's like. Uh, she just does like a magical thing because she's astral projecting or she's in somebody else's mind or body yes. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, you know, say she's in, she's in Rose's mind and then Rose 
within her own mind tries to like grab hold of her and like you know get yeah. control of her. Um, and Aber responds by like going explosione on <laughs> the cold case. Right. Big old earthquake shatters the cold case, gives Rose a bloody nose. Rose is freaked out, man. She is. And that's she tells uh, like this when she's telling like Crow that she's like, I've never felt something this powerful before. And he's like, do you think we should actually like go after her? She could be too powerful. And Rose is just like, I want her. Yeah. I fucking want her. Yeah. Like, so she's just like, this is it. I'm doing this. Uh, that's when Abra, you know, gets on a bus and goes and visits uncle Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she basically asks him for help with this because right. She knows about the true knot and she saw the baseball boy die and all this stuff. And Dan's and- advice forget about all fucking of it. just forget, go home. yeah go live your spend, life girly yeah spend the next 30 years drinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, work for me yeah and then now i have a out. now i have a really cool best friend <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah he you know it's the it, we were talking about the hero's journey before he's refusing the call to mm-hmm. action mm-hmm. um yes then, i was i was joking earlier i think it's no, like a pretty normal hero's yeah. journey kind of thing um so he refuses, and then later that night, uh, he's visited by Dick Halloran, who I guess they haven't seen each other in a while. And he's like, last time I saw you, you were in bad shape. And he's like, yeah, straightened out and whatever. And and Dick is like, you have to help this little girl. <laughs> like, And uh, I'm, this is the last time that you're going to see me. And I this, this whole like material, like physical world, I don't even really remember it anymore. It's been so long. So uh, I'm not going to be coming back. This is it for yeah. me. He's just like, help the little girl. Yeah. Uh, that's that conversation we were talking about at the beginning where he's like, yeah, I helped you. Now you help her. Right. And again, like uh, the last time you're going to see your mentor is mm-hmm. when you become the mentor. Ah, uh, right. The mentee becomes the mentor. That's right. Um, the Danny becomes the Dan. <laughs> uh, and that, so Rose, the hat is her plan is to astral project into, uh, this little girl's house, her room and find out more about her, find out where she is. And we get some pretty cool shots of like her astral projected body, like, floating yeah i liked all of it it looked really cool it was good there's a lot of like the wall becomes the floor type stuff right yes and there's a shot of rose like floating in outer space and um you see like the curvature of the earth yeah well i mean I don't know if that's a curvature of the earth, Dan. We we could talk about that another time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we no. see, yeah. It's I guess it's this, not really curved, is it? She's no. too close to the surface to it's, see it. It's this beautiful shot, though. Of it's, uh, you know, uh, it's this horizontal shot, and she is floating through the air, but she is it. She's like vertical, yeah. And the clouds are like cutting the screen in half basically. So she's like floating above the clouds, like going 
up it looks like it just it's like i don't know it's just a different perspective on something that we've seen so many times it's like mm-hmm. it reminded me of the uh that shot in uh spider verse or whatever when he jumps off the building and then the city is upside down totally it, it's similar to that yeah it's it's like the world is like she's fixed and the world is sort of like rotating around her is sort of the effect yes. of it um, it looks very cool it looks great and then she sort of like flies into new hampshire Lands on the street, barefooted, um, no problem though. I that actually like there was such a momentum and like weight to that shot of her landing on her feet. I know. And like there's like a little bit of like foley of just like the sound of like the pads of your feet hitting the ground. And it I was just like, whoa. Like I it was like it was almost like first person video of like a roller coaster. It was like the way it made me feel. Great yep. shot. It's such a little a moment, shot. but it was it was very cool. Really like I don't know. Sucked me yeah. in. So uh Rose goes into Aber's room and this is like uh it's in she's going into her mind, basically. And you know, if you've been around King long enough, you know that we all have a mind palace. Uh, <laughs> this is no different. Sure. <laughs> uh, she's uh, Abra has like this wall of like filing cabinets and whatever. And she's so Rose sees this and she opens one of them and she starts like rifling through files. Mustn't then, do that. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't do that. Lady. <laughs> um, so she starts going through that and, uh, uh, the the drawer slams on her hand and and just catches her she can't like she can't get her hand out of the drawer and abra comes out and she's like uh i knew you were coming basically like do you think that like i i am not in control of this right now and abra goes into uh, uh rose's mind palace which is a little bit nicer. It's like mm-hmm. an old fashioned, like, you know, Victorian library or something. Um, she's an old she goes school through. kind of girl. Right. Real classy uh, broad. And then, oh, geez, we get that, that shot of her, like taking her hand out of the drawer. Yeah. And, oof. We'll get, we'll get back to that during King tropes, but King tropes. pretty gross, pretty gross. Um, and yeah, so she, uh, Abra like totally freaks her out and sends her back where she came from, which she was like meditating on top of an RV. And when mm-hmm. she like, when her astral projection comes back, it like knocks her off of the RV and she falls on the ground. Yeah. And, and, and her uh, hand is still fucked up. Her hand's all fucked up. Um, and, and that's when. Uh, Grandpa Flick dies as well, mm-hmm. um, and we we see what happens when these. I'm going to call them vampires. Yeah, they're basically vampires when they're they die. Lumps. It's um, it's also pretty harrowing. Like it seems like it hurts a lot. Um, they're terrified. You know, he's like he's very scared, and it's um, it is a it's a cool contrast to uh, Dan's sort of like his like speech that he gives to the first guy who dies in the hospice mm. or whatever. Right. Um, whatever you would call that. And she's like, whereas he's like, 
He's like, it's sleep. It's rest. It's beautiful. She's just sort of like, she has to double down on the decisions mm-hmm. they've made. Like that's all she really right. has. Like there's no yes. looking forward because their, their whole existence is in this world. Right. So right. she's just like, she's like you, she's like, you're not afraid. She just like, she's not yes. even like, don't be afraid. She says, you're not afraid. You have right. seen empires rise and fall. You've seen, you know, kings be made and unmade, all that stuff. And she's like, she's like, you're a god, and gods aren't afraid, or something like right. that, right? Yeah. And then he screams in in horror as he turns yeah. into uh, mist. It What's turns into steam. Steam. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which that that shot, it's like an overhead shot of like. Uh, him dying right he's like his butt his his skin keeps like flashing like turning like transparent and like you could see like his skeleton and shit but then like then he dies and when he dies right his whole body become turns into steam and it it's just sitting there right it's mm-hmm. and then like all at once they all sort of like descend on it and start breathing it in yeah so like these these people you see it like obviously they've killed but they're also like they're kind of like animals they're almost like cannibals where they're eating each other you know Mm. like there's no like it's steam is steam baby wherever it comes from i'm in you know um so uh at this point dan uh he knows that he has to help abra so they he gets uh billy to take a ride with him. He's like, you have to, um, I'm going to tell you a story and do ever do your best to believe me here. Right. And so they're going to drive out to where the baseball boy was killed and they do, and they dig him up and there he is. And again, monologues, we see, uh, Cliff Curtis, he gives a monologue about how he went hunting and he shot a, a buck and it took off, and then like a couple days later, he found it. It had been like it got like tangled in a tree or some shit. And he said that's it was like the worst smell he's ever smelled. And he's like, this is the same smell. Mm-hmm. And and they dig him up, and I think they they let. I think the plan is to let the authorities know that the boy is there. Um, but that's when Dan and Billy, they go to Abra's house. Well, no, the plan dad. seems to just be getting the glove. Oh, is that Did, it? I think so. Cause I it's thought, like, I thought they said something about like letting the parents bury their kid like properly or something. Oh, maybe, like, maybe closer. I missed that. Yeah. Um, so they, they go to, uh, Abra's house and her dad's like, who are you? Blah, 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 whatever. And so they're like, they explain everything. And they, oh, you're right. They do get the glove. Uh, Abra, I guess, uses the glove to do what? I don't know. Um, she uses it to. I mean, uh, she she projects. They come up with a plan on how to kill the true knot, right? Right. Uh, they uh, they decide to the whole caravan of people go decide they're they're going to go get this girl. And uh, they tell Rose to stay because she's injured, whatever. And they're like, we got it. It's fine. And they all go out there. 
and they use Abra as bait. Danny and Billy use her as bait, and Snakebike Andy like walks up to her and jabs a needle in her neck and like knocks her out. And she's like, "That wasn't so hard." And then like she turns away, and when she looks back, there's just like a stuffed animal there mm-hmm. uh, because Abra's not really there. It's just all projections, right? And that's when uh, fucking uh, Billy and Danny just start fucking firing on them. They're like perched up in the woods and just start shooting. That was so unexpected. Even though he was like, you still got those hunting rifles. I was not expecting a shootout in the middle. I know. I mean, so much of this movie has been like astral projection. Yeah. My magic mind palaces and shit like that. And then they're like, no, well we fucking eat lead vampires, (laughs) (laughs) which, um, I mean, and we'll get to King tropes, but a, uh, a gunslinger overpowering, a a magic man. Hey, using cold lead. Yeah, that's right. Um, so they, they start shooting all these people and they're all dying in horrible ways. The same as like grandpa flick. We saw him. Um, and snake bite. Andy is the only one left alive. And so she, uh, what's in Danny comes down, uh, from his like, you know, he's up in the woods or whatever. He walks down to where everybody was. And then like Andy gets the drop on him and, she says something like fucking men or whatever. And, but then Billy shoots her in the neck and she starts dying. Uh, but before she dies, she looks at Billy and says, kill yourself. Yeah. Uh, and then Billy just takes the gun and fucking puts it under his chin and blows his head. Uh, off. Billy's poor Billy, poor Billy, man. He just got roped into all this. I know. He's like, I don't, I didn't want to, <laughs> but he's a good friend. Probably Dan's best friend. Hey, <laughs> um, my and, name's Dan. I'm just realizing this. <laughs> hey, wait a second. Hey. Um, so Abra's still at her house and she's like, uh, she says something like, where's the crow? And the crow is in her house. Um, he goes, he's going to kidnap her. He kills her father stabs the, the father and kidnaps her. Um, and while they're, she's like drugs and in the backseat of the van and they're driving at night and Dan, uh, like sort of, she's like very knocked out. And then Dan like inhabits her mind, body, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like much more lucid. And then she, she starts talking and, and it becomes clear that it's not the little girl anymore. And uh, Crow Daddy's like, uh, uh, who are you? And he says uh, something. Um, just get, like, keep some talking, whatever. And then he says, uh, the little girl, Dan, whatever, says something about, like, um, not wearing your seatbelt. And they end up crashing into a tree sending crow daddy flying through the windshield. It's yes. great. It's a great shot. Kills him, but good. Um, <laughs> um, much like Andre 3000 predicted. <laughs> he crashed. What did he predict? Well, he crashed, crashed, crashed into a ditch. <laughs> Just playing. 
<laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, uh, what else? So, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, did you feel like, uh, now that the entire yep. knot is dead, the entire tree Except for Rose dead, the Hat, yeah. Well, is one person really a knot? Mm, good, good question. Did you feel like that all happened very quickly? Were you expecting a bit more picking them off? I th- yes, I did. I uh, it feels like a little it makes sense like within the movie like they all travel together or whatever and it but it was like kind of unsatisfying. I don't know. I, you know, I think most of the true not we don't even get to know. That's we true. just like uh there's like <laughs> Uh, Barry the Chunk, uh, Rose the Hat, Grandpa Flick, and Crow Daddy, and and Snake Bite Andy, and then there's like four or five other people. There's a that blind we, guy do, back there who we never hear yeah. from. Yeah, um, I would have liked a lot more of them, frankly. Yeah, I mean, we could have probably gone for like more, uh, more interaction from all of them. Yeah, not just either, like sort I, I'll, of glorified either, uh, extras. Right, either you give them more to do or you give each of them a crazy distinct look. Sure. It's like there's Rose, the hat there's freaking there's Barry the chunk. Who's he's a chunk. That's his thing. Um, right. There's a 15 year old and obviously crow daddy <laughs> an looks like his name tall man. There's a yeah. tall man, <laughs> but then just like, I would say seven people for like seven, like graduate students. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, you're right they like all they all look, look like, like they're from the same town <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> that's true it's very weird <laughs> no you're right i you're 100 percent right i think we probably could have gone i you know what I, it, it's like uh i don't know they do this in movies where like you'll get to just spend like time hanging out with characters right just like it's just character development stuff and it's just hanging out and after snakebite andy was turned and they were having that like barbecue or whatever on the beach. That would have been a, a nice like moment or whatever to spend like a few minutes yeah. with this group. Yeah. Find out what everyone's deal is real quick. Yeah. Find out what their deal is. You also like could get to like them a little bit, which, you know, that's always like a fun thing when you can like have the audience conflicted about like how you feel about the villains. Yeah. Um, like I think a good, Obviously, there are a million examples of this, but like I'm thinking of um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, <laughs> I mean, that whole movie is just like <laughs> right. They're basically the Manson family. The True Knot is the Manson family, and like, sure. yeah, you just you can get a little more. They can all be like of a type and still like give everyone a little bit of a thing to do. Sure, you know, yeah. Get um, a squeaky from going. Uh, get, get a squeaker going. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Danny, he, uh, picks up Abra and, um, they're like, you know, Abra's like, we, you know, whatever they, uh, every Rose, the hat is still around and she's, you know, uh, she wants, she still wants me, whatever. She's still coming after me. And mm. Danny's like, they're never, she's never going to stop. So we got to handle this, right? And they drive to the Overlook Hotel. And Colorado. Outside. Yep. They, they're outside, and he tells her to stay there. And 
she's like, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to wake it up. And he goes in and at this, so this is like the last like half hour, 40 minutes of the movie it takes place in the overlook. Uh, what do you think of this as a set for the final showdown? How do you feel about it? Uh, what do you think? Of, you know, do you think it's overkill? Do you not like it? Do you like it? How do you feel about it? I'm a little movie? conflicted. Like, I think what's tough is that kind of like we were saying earlier, like this begins and ends as being, I would say Dan's story. Uh Uh-huh. This is like Dan Torrance's story. The middle introduces so much and makes this so much bigger than him and his, Mm -hmm. and there's no real attention paid to his struggles. Like once he gets sober, really kind of until he gets back to the hotel that like, Making it that personal for him felt a little unearned, I guess. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, not exactly. No. So, Do you, like, so you're saying because we don't know, we only know uh, Danny as like an alcoholic and now a sober person. Uh, you feel like him going back to the Overlook. It doesn't seem like the, that hotel is hanging so large over his life. I yes. And because he, like, we've also been introduced to this entire world of people with powers and yes. this sort Steam of like meters this shit. like eternal yeah. conflict that's just always been brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly, him grappling with his personal demons doesn't seem very important. Okay, it seems less important and. Part of it, though, I think is like, yes, that other thing of just like, he seems kind of fine. Like we get one shot of there's like one scene where he is like, I forget what has him distraught, but he's got a bottle in his hand. Yeah, he almost he almost yeah. relapses and then he decides not to. Right. Um, It just doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just like maybe this is me not having that lived experience that I don't under like, I don't recognize the ways in which it's just like maybe always simmering in the background. Like if, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I can understand what you're saying from the perspective of like just this movie. Cause like, uh, if you had not seen the shining and you just watched this movie, I think most of it could stand on its own. Mm hmm. But then everything about the hotel and, you know, the past and whatever doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Now, this is a sequel. So, like, you know, I get, you know, the the creators or whatever going in, assuming you've seen the the first one. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I think that's kind of where you're coming from is that, like, we, we uh, you know, we, we talk about the hotel. We see it a couple times, but it's not this fucking, you know, monster that's hanging over. It's not the final boss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, I mean, I think somehow the middle of the movie loses mm. focus on Dan to an extent that going back there and having the climax of the movie be about him in mm. that way to that degree. Yeah. 
it feels yeah i don't know like do you think do you feel like it's unearned completely kind i not completely it just feels like his emotional journey takes a real backseat to the action of the movie uh-huh um in the I, last I it, third yeah uh yeah, I th- I think I could I think I understand what you're saying. I will like I don't know. So much of you know in the beginning right he's in like this rock bottom of his life. And that is directly because of you know the events of when he was fucking 6 years old mm-hmm. at this hotel. Yeah. Right. Um so like and that's, you know, obviously that's where his dad died. That's where his dad tried to kill him and his mom. Ghosts, all of that, Dick Halloran, all of this stuff. It's so much a part of his life. And it's it also seems like, I don't know, it's, it's I don't know, it, I, I can agree with you that, like, it comes, I think what we're supposed to feel is that, like, he's confronting something now that he's, he hasn't dealt with right the the hotel itself and all the spirits and all that shit um and yeah if maybe it was a little bit tighter or if there was maybe a little bit more emphasis on that in the second act it would make more sense it does feel like it kind of comes out of nowhere uh when he's like we have to drive to this old hotel mm. uh uh, it's it's a long story, whatever, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I I, I can you see know what it, it is. I I just feel like within the within the action, like within the conflict with like the knot, he mm-hmm. shifts gears into like taking action really right. quickly, and there's. I don't know. Once he gets over that first hump, he's kind of just like in total control of the situation. I think what, what might've helped is like, I understand that like Abra, like part of that character is that like, she's, she's the powerful one, right? Like she's really in kind of in control of the situation more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the fact that Dan starts with her from a place of like, you need to like keep this power under your hat. Right. There's like a clear protective feeling that he has mm-hmm. that like, I think sort of like seeing more of himself in her throughout, like mm-hmm. making that, like making that a little clearer might've, might've helped a lot. Cause it just, it just sort of felt like he was like, I have a really kick-ass plan to shoot all of these yeah. vampires and uh-huh. I need you to act as a, as a decoy for me. Right. So like I I think that's sort of more where my issue is like he he's just like kind of kicking ass and taking names as soon as he commits to it you know uh-huh. it I w- I think a bumpier journey would have made that climax more satisfying I think you're right thank I, you the the shootout thing although it it does it is kind of fun um. Yeah, it probably should not have been so easy. And that's probably why uh, Billy dies then. Because mm-hmm. you need some sort of stakes and you can't kill Dan. So yeah. 
uh, we have to keep going here. Um, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. Where if like maybe it was a little bit more in, in like story writing and whatnot, right? Uh, the beginning of the third act, your protagonists are supposed to be in this impossible situation. Right. Yes. Which it doesn't feel like they are. That's a great point. Yes. You know, like (laughs) you, I do like, I'll watch a movie and be like, all right, they're not in the impossible, no win situation yet. Oh, there it is. Mm. And now comes the turn in the action or the climax. I thought, I thought for sure Dan and Abra being separated was going to be, a much bigger part of the plot, not just him getting her out lickety split, you know? And like, and again, like, you know, this is probably more a critique of the, the book and the story there. But like, if, you know, Dan, uh, Dan's plan is to wake up the overlook hotel and then unleash all of these spirits that he's, you know, kept locked up for so long. Right. Mm -hmm. He's, he's going to unleash those on Rose, the hat. Um, would it have been more fun and maybe more interesting and more like uh, thematically concise if like the the true not like most of the group uh, went to the Overlook Hotel, you know, and maybe they got picked off by some of hell those spirits, yeah. you know? Oh hell yeah! Like that that you're yeah. I mean, but again, that's. <laughs> we're doing punch up on a book that's already, you know, right. fucking yeah. it, it, Stephen King. He's like, I wrote the shining and I didn't like the movie. I'm going to write the <laughs> sequel and I want a movie that, you know, reflects so, that. Well, basically. I will say my understanding is that the screenplay diverges from the book kind of like, I think increasingly as, the, mm-hmm. as you get to that third act, like, cause at the end of the shining, the book, the hotel explodes much like it, it does sure in does. This one. Yes. Um, so like all of that, I think oh, yeah. must that, be an invention of I, yeah, I the know, movie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe we'll, you know what? After we are done recording this, I'm going to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> And we laughed and laughed. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. We, yeah. Um, That's, I honestly, all joking aside. Yeah. Dead serious. Yep. What makes us so lovable? <laughs> is, yeah. What, come are on. these moments. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we kind of just like, I don't really now, think there's much to, sorry, now, go ahead. No, no. Now thinking about it, I, I want to watch the movie where like the true not end up in in the Overlook Hotel. And they get and, predatored. Like, yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah. You know, I th- I would have been like, what if fucking Barry the Chunk just ended up at the same like New Year's Eve party like that's going on in The Shining, yeah. you know, where they're like, everybody's in tuxes and he's just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Know? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Rob incredible yeah like am i doing like a punch up on this uh, we always do this though like it's fine but i mean it is like a little bit monday morning quarterbacking but like yeah yeah, but it it also that's what that's what podcasts are yeah exactly (laughs) like i don't know think about that shootout where the only person who dies is snakebite andy like right 
isn't that already like doesn't that raise the stakes for the group more because it's like damn we just got this new girl and and new people are in such short supply right that well yeah you know right. like they killed they killed our legacy basically and if you think of her as like the sort of like evil inverse of Abra a little bit, yeah. right? Like they're yep. in sort of the same position just on opposite teams. Yes. Um, that just makes more sense, man. Just no, makes it, more you, sense. It, you're right. It does. It also like, it adds stakes to the situation, it adds more uh, uh, risk or whatever. Mm. If, if snake bite Andy and maybe one of the other like losers yeah. from the true knot <laughs> fucking get, yeah. get capped at the, the, in the woods there. Um, but then they, they're, they start chasing, um, you know, Dan and Abra. Right. So Billy dies there too. And, but now, now they have the whole like true knot on, on their tail. Mm -hmm. And now you have whatever, six or five or six of these like powerful, uh, you know, psychic vampire people after them. And none of them are like Dan and Aber together aren't strong enough. So uh, Dan has to go to the overlook and use like the, the most powerful evil that he knows of mm. to kill these other people. Right. Rather than what we do get, which is Rose seeing all of her friends dying and then chugging all the steam that they have. In right storage super powered yeah. uh <laughs> what if rose drank like we just watched her drink like two monster energy drinks <laughs> she just crushes him she's like fuck revealing this. revealing her monster energy drink tattoo on her arm <laughs> <laughs> she opens the cabinet knocks all the steam canisters out of the way and grabs two monster energies with coffee Wait, she like clacks them together like stone cold and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay. So we're at the overlook. Uh, Dan goes in breeze and through all this. Yeah. Yeah. Was, <laughs> I mean, it's most, the, yeah. the part, I mean, the most interesting part here, he walks in and he goes into the uh, ballroom and he walks up to the bar and, you know, again, mirroring the shining, uh, all like the same sort of camera movements and lighting and whatnot. And he sits down at the bar but it's not Lloyd, the bartender this time. It's, uh, it's his father. And, but, but he, he's telling like, it, he's like, actually my name's Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. He says, Oh, my name's Lloyd. And he's like, no, it's not. Your name is uh, dad. Everyone knows. Yeah. And he, he pours, uh, pours Danny a drink and he's like, you know, so long. Like I saw, I used to see these bottles like all over, like in the house and whatever. Uh, this used to be your drink of choice. And then he starts talking about his mom and how when she died, um, she was in like such bad shape that he couldn't even look at her. And, and she saw that she knew that. And he feels really ashamed of that. And, you know, he, he, you know, he's blaming his father for some of this stuff. And the whole time Henry Thomas is just really, He's in the zone, man. He's he's just fucking playing Jack Torrance. Um and then he like spills something on his jacket and they they go into the bathroom, the red and white bathroom again. Um and Yeah, he, I mean that's one of those things where I was like, Okay, why are we here? 
<laughs> I mean, it's it, a cool that, room. <laughs> it's a cool room. And there, I mean, once you're in the overlook, you just have to redo all of the, you, you got to see all of the shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I guess you do. And like Rose, Rose walks in and she's like walking through the hallways and she passes the elevator, which opens up with the blood and starts like, just like flooding out the same way it does in the original movie. And, and she just like, she, I guess she could, she could, yeah, yeah. She sees that it's just like whatever sort of, uh, spirit projection kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So she's not like really freaked out by it. Um, but you just got to play all the old hits, you know, you got, you don't want to, you don't want to hear the new stuff, man. I play guess. the fucking hits. I guess. So then, <laughs> I mean, some of this does play like a cover song, though. It um, it really like if it feels like fan fiction at a certain yeah. point. Um, but it's Stephen King who fucking wrote it. I again, own, I'll is, do the research own afterwards. <laughs> you know how they say most people are their own worst critics. He's his <laughs> own biggest guy. fan. <laughs> um. So then Abra and Dan, uh, they, uh, they we, go into Rose's mind. They put her in the maze. Just she she's walking around there. They do like, I don't know. It's like a back and forth mind battle thing. Um, we like Dan, eventually she gets, uh, she breaks free of that and Abra goes running off. Then we get that scene where Dan is slowly backing up the stairs with the ax in his hand mm-hmm. while Rose walks up the stairs mirroring again. yeah the you know Wendy with the baseball bat and right. I I did like that um Rose is doing the I'm not going to hurt your hands. Oh yeah, I I was <laughs> what? I don't I'm not going to hurt says. you. I'm just yeah. going to bash your fucking brains in. Uh, and she could too. Oh, she totally. She could. absolutely is welcome to do that. Um, then she starts. So uh, she and she gets the upper hand, and uh, she cuts. He he swings the axe and like cuts her arm, but then she like grabs a hold of it and like jabs him in the uh, what's it the femoral artery in your thigh? Yeah, one of those. So and he's so he's bleeding out pretty good. She like she jams her finger into the. The, the the hole yeah and he starts steaming he's giving off steam oh he's steaming real good and that's she's like ooh this is good steam you taste like whiskey yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, also she does keep point, calling him handsome the same yeah which I appreciate does. I appreciate someone acknowledging when someone looks like you and McGregor <laughs> I I do I also really like that. Uh, yeah, like she know she's there for like the girl. She knows that this guy is like sort of standing in the way, and she's but like, she's like, I handsome? just got to tip my, <laughs> I just real quick got to tip my ridiculous Amy Sherman Palladino hat at you. <laughs> um, so she starts uh, breathing in the steam, and uh, and then Dan Danny unlocks all of the the boxes that he's had locked up in his mind palace and that were full of, you know, spirits from the hotel. Oh, and by the way, his mind palace is the hedge mm-hmm. maze. Of course. Um, Did you it, know this movie is, she, is a sequel to The Shining? 
<laughs> she says something like, what's in the boxes? Is it special or something like that? And he says, it's not special. They're starving. I, I, some, oh, yeah. I forgot what the line is, but that is what. It's a bad line. That's his little mic drop moment. Yeah. And then all of these spirits, uh, they come out and they grab her and they start like, uh, like pulling her kind of apart, like killing her. They, they one spirit like sticks his hand, like under the skin in her face. Um, uh, yeah. It, you know, just like killing her real good. She's steaming, so, you know, pretty good. Uh, the spirits are, uh, you know, really digging into her and then she dies. She becomes, you know, steam. And then they turn on Dan and yeah, the twins turn on him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and then they, they like sort of, they possess him. Right. Yeah. He goes, he goes Jack Torrance mode. He's swinging the ax around. He's yeah. chasing Abra. He's, he, and he's got, he's got the limp going, He's got the limp yeah. and he's doing like basically Danny, but with her name instead. Abra. Abra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, that, but he he snaps out of it, and uh, it tells her to. Uh, oh, oh no! I'm sorry. Um, she she starts like laughing or something, and he's like, "Why are you laughing?" And she's like, "Because I know that the first thing Danny did when he got here was go straight to the boiler room, mm-hmm. right?" And and he's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> so, so it goes down. Yeah, the spirits. Uh, he has like a moment where he regains control of himself. He's just like, get, get out of here or whatever. Then they take over. Right. He runs down to the boiler room and it's very funny. Just like how many ghosts does it take to turn a boiler off? <laughs> yep. This plus one uh, apparently. Yeah. So the boiler starts, uh, you know, overheating, starts catching fire. And then, uh, in his last moments, he sees, uh, his mother and he turns into the, the little boy. And and then the whole fucking the whole hotel catches fire and burns down, and we're we're <laughs> the the next scene is Abra sitting on the uh, on her bed and saying, um, you know I I was standing out there and I uh, I saw the thing burn down or whatever and I knew and uh, and there's a pause and she's like I knew you were fine and then cut you know reverse shot. He's standing there in her room, just hanging out. Uh, but he turns out to be a spirit. Yeah. Now he is uh, the Dick Halloran uh, to her, and she, you know, going to be some sort of a spiritual mentor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, says that th- there there are more people out there like the True Knot, but you know, uh, I think you're you, she's prepared for it now. Right. And and he's going to be there to help her. Yeah. And then the last moment of the movie is like her mom coming up to get her and she's like, yeah. who are you talking to? She's like, no one. And then a beat. And she's like, okay, I lied. I was talking to uncle Dan. Um, he's okay. She's like, dad's okay too. Cause we forgot to mention, um, was his no. name? Crow, Crow daddy kills her. Oh, dad. I said that. Oh, you did. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but that's it. That's the end of the movie. Yeah, and it, right. It, the last shot is her walking into the bathroom, which has a bath hag in there, and doing the same thing, she, closing the door because she's like, "I'm gonna handle this shit like fucking, like a badass." Yeah, like a little magician. And that's it. Yep. Uh, um. All right, Dan. 
Yes. Let's get into some segments. Let's do it. We hit me. Oh, that hurts my parts. This is all that hurts oh. my parts. Oh, Dan. What? It hurts your, my parts. Oh, your oh, your poor parts. <laughs> what, oh, boo hoo. Uh, my oh, parts boo. hurt too. <laughs> Think you're the only one on this podcast with hurt parts. I'm sick of it. What uh what hurt your parts the most? Well, hmm. Excessive shining references. Yeah. I know that's unreasonable. Given the movie, <laughs> given the movie that we're watching, it, it would have made a lot less sense if this was not a shining sequel. <laughs> yeah, it would have been, it, but it did kind of like, I don't know. So obviously mm-hmm. I think Henry Thomas was like great. Mm-hmm. I think Alex Esso was a little less great as Wendy. Okay. Um, wig. <laughs> it's not her fault, but that yeah. all, all those characters gave me the vibe of like, you know, when they make like a Marvel video game and they can't use the likenesses of like the cinematic versions, even though that's clearly what they're based on. Yeah. It kind of like, it gave me that vibe a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Did that hurt my parts the most? Mm, Yeah. Why the hell not? I don't know. I liked it. I liked, I liked the movie. So it's kind of hard for me to be too negative. No, it's yeah, it's fine. I uh in like while I was watching it, I was really trying to find like what what actually sticks out here and like I yeah, could we do with like you know, one less flashback to the ho- the hotel or the you know, 1980 or whatever? Probably. Um but like I don't know. I I was I was pretty much I was in on this for, you know, I I was along for the ride with this one. Yeah. Um, when he says, uh, the, the spirits or whatever in the box are starving. Oh yeah. I thought that was, that was like a cringy line. It, it, and it it's did like, feel like they were like, we need like a, we need like a moment yeah, right here. W- right. We need like, right. A not a, like a, not a punchline, but whatever the action equivalent of a punchline is. Yeah. Know? I mean, I think, like, I think punchlines, it's like, it's like, um, you know how it's like Ripley calling the alien bitch or whatever. Right. Like but that, that really moment. works. And this really does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's in fact, not like that at all <laughs> in right. substance. It, right. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the Ripley moment is an example of the, you know, that moment going well. And I think this one is not. Yes. Um, I, there's probably, there might be something else in there, but I think like for the most part, I, I, I really did like this movie. Yeah. Um, you want to do shiny, shining moment. I mean, there are too many in here, but (laughs) Oh, forget it. But yeah, forget it. it. Let's hear it. Uh, I've been waiting two hours for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I think, I'll be honest, like, I think visually mm-hmm. I was, like, kind of underwhelmed by this for the most part, but like we were saying earlier, okay. the, the astral projection stuff was, like, very cool. It looks cool. so good. looks so good. Yeah. The, um, the Rose the Hat stuff, especially, yeah. I, uh, yeah, so maybe my shining moment is Rose the Hat's pretty face. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Do you think she's listening? Moment, 
And my my shining moment is her pretty feet. I knew you're <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um That's what I thought you were, I thought you were going there. Um <laughs> No, uh my favorite moment um I mean, the scene between Danny and uh, Jack at the bar. Yeah. It's really, it's very good. I'm it's like, fully with you. I think I also think that's like the best written scene of the whole movie. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I think uh, it, it feels like, you know, there's been like scary moments and like these like obviously a very upsetting moments in this movie. And now, and it's just like, after all of this kind of stuff and like right before Rose gets there, it's this moment of like uh, almost like a calm where he's sitting at the bar, but he's like, you know, telling his dad how, like how fucked up, yeah. you know, he has been in his life and all of these things. Right. Yeah. It's like this, it, 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 we, we talked about this on midnight mass, how, uh, Midnight Mass is the redemption of all of these people in the town, right? And I, this movie is Danny Torrance's redemption. You know, it's him wasting his life, essentially, and then, you know, giving his life to save this young girl. And actually, like, he could have gone down the same path as his father, maybe not like, you know, chasing people with an ax, mm-hmm. but like, you know, uh, all the alcoholism and, you know, just living that life. And he cleans himself up and he, he didn't want to do, he didn't want to help the girl at first. And then he helped her. And now, you know, he's in this situation where he's going all the way because he believes in it, you yeah. know? Yeah. So. And it's just like, yeah, I, I agree. I really, th- I do think that's like as good as this movie gets. Um, mm-hmm. The sort of like, I, I also think Jack has like a nice sort of thesis on sort of like the mentality of evil in this world, right? In the world yeah. of the movie. Like, I think mm-hmm. he speaks to both the spirits of the, you know, I know we don't like the, they're starving line or whatever, but right when he's talking about his family, he, he says a man tries, he provides, but is surrounded by mouths that eat and scream and cry and nag. So he asks for one thing, just one thing for him to warm him up, to take Mm -hmm. the sting out of those days and the mouths eating and eating and eating everything he makes, everything he has a family, a wife, a kid, those mouths eat time. They eat your days on earth. And like, the sort of like me against you of that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's made literal with the, the, uh, the true not right. Mm -hmm. They literally eat other people to reclaim time. But yeah, just that mentality that it's like either you get, there's like, as though there's like a fixed quantity of time and either you get it or I get it. And like, there's Mm -hmm. as though you can't both create time together kind of thing. So I yeah. just, I, mean, I, I love that, man. It's so fucking miserable. <laughs> it's so miserable. And that like, that's the other thing too, about that scene. Like, so Jack is saying how, you know, 
uh, it, there are all these mouths around him, and they're just eating up everything. And he just wants one thing for himself. Like, why can't he have the one thing for himself, mm-hmm. right? Which, like, he's, I mean, his whole thesis is, like, he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be there. Right. You know, he's, like, uh, he's obviously, like, um, you know, he like, the mouths around him, he resents them. And this is like, this is a guy who's made like wrong choices in his life. He probably should not have gotten married and had a kid. You know, he, he didn't, uh, I don't know. He, he had too many issues within himself to actually like care for somebody else and not be selfish. Right. Mm. And that's the life that Danny was living up until like he met Abra and, the fact that like he now like he is he's doing everything in his power giving his life to save this girl is like him uh, uh like uh, being better than his father like exceeding you know his father like he he was going to turn out the same way as his dad and now he's become a better man he's ascended way past his dad yeah you know yeah even like even once he gets sober and all of that stuff it doesn't he's still not doing anything necessarily like he's helping with like people dying and like helping them die um but i don't know i think like the the girl actually gave his life purpose you know yeah yep yeah right and like once he gets sober um his life is basically still about ghosts (laughs) Right. Like it's the ghost (laughs) of his own addiction. It's like literal, you know, with his work or whatever. Yeah. And like, and his work is like to help people die. And then when he meets this girl, it's to help her stay alive, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, And he's like, and he's, that's, I don't know. Right. You know Um, what? Oh, man. Oh, man. It's to tie it back to Midnight Mass again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's like Matt Saracen, um, his like fantasy of the afterlife is just being done with life, Mm -hmm. you know, like to, to Danny, like the noblest thing he can do is just like help other people get out of this shitty, miserable existence. Yeah. 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 So I'll, I'll tell you what, Rob. This shining moment unlocked the most, maybe the most substantial conversation we've had about this movie the whole episode. (laughs) Yeah, probably did. I liked it. Uh, Does that mean it's time for King Tropes? King Tropes! tropes. If you seen it before, you just say so. We'll add it to our running list of King Tropes. Whether all the children always evil. Why so many one letters for people? He wanted to. Why are all the children always evil? He wanted to. Why so many one letters for people? He wanted to. Was there always going to be a greaser? He wanted to. You just need to trust. This guy's go to bloodline device. I drive a great distance just to die. Just to die. <laughs> king tropes. Oh, damn. We are replete with king tropes. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. Uh, so I got a few written down that I was just jotting as we were talking. Sure. One, cat that ushers death. Yep. Cat's eye. Cat's eye. Yep. 
two, Mind Palace. <laughs> yeah, Mind Palace. Uh, dream Dreamcatcher, of course. Great. Of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, Dreamcatcher. Three, defeating a magic man with bullets. <laughs> the Dark Tower, which yep, some yep. might argue is not even really an adaptation. Number yep. four, you heard it in the song, Driving a Great Distance Just to Die. Several people do that. Yeah. This is a movie about deadly road trips, fundamentally. <laughs> um, what else? I got, okay. Uh, telling somebody to take their medicine. Um, that just, I mean, I guess, I don't know if that's a trope. Um, uh, <laughs> it's just good re- advice. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I just, man, I'll backpedal that one. Um, Goochers, Dan. Goochers. Wow. Deep cut yes that would be stand by me stand by me yeah there the scene in this movie when dan um when he first gets sober and he's talking to uh dr john and whatever (laughs) and he when he's telling him about his watch he's like you were helping some kid uh something with like something about goochers or whatever (laughs) And he, and he had some other disease like Gauchers or something. Um, but the re- reference to just the word Goocher. Yeah. I've never heard it come up other than like Stand By Me and this movie. Um, Very nice. Degloving a hand. Yes. Dan. I was saving that one for last, and I'll explain why in a moment. But um, okay. yes, degloving a hand for sure. Um, there's like a bit of found family in this. I mean, I guess with the true knot, it is sort of that, but like this, the survivor yeah. family a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's like Abra, her mom and now dead uncle Dan. They're the family. Yeah. <laughs> They're the family. Uh-huh. Now. Um, yeah, yeah. all right, let's go back to degloving. Sure. Because that is also something I'm calling Flanagan tropes. <laughs> oh, long intro. I forgot. Sorry. I just have to be patient. <laughs> Flanagan has tropes too. And sometimes a Catholic point of view. <laughs> okay. Um, this uh, is Flanagan tropes. Very good, yes. Dan. Very good. Maybe I'll flesh I, that one out. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> that's really. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do that. That's very funny. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay flantropes flantropes so i got i only got a couple here degloving yep that's a shared trope that's our pivot mm-hmm. point yep and we got glowing eyed vampires of course of course and also for midnight mass seeing uh. your loved one as you die a fiery death mm. classic yeah. matt saracen way to go out yeah. Riley oh, something. What's his last name? Uh, Riley Flynn. Riley Flynn. Uh, He'll always be the quarterback to me. <laughs> uh, I like it. And that was Flanagan tropes. That was Flan tropes. <laughs> uh, all right. 
Which brings us to our next segment. Yes. Where was Slimer? A lot of steam. Damn. I saw a lot of steam and see too much slime though. I I myself did not. He, was he? Maybe he was still locked up in one of Danny's mind boxes. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. We there was no Slimer. There was a, an implied Slimer, implicit Slimer. Yeah, it, you didn't see him, but there was like there was slime on the outside of the box, and like <laughs> and you heard like <laughs> <laughs> there were a bunch of uh, like pieces of hot dog like around mm. the box. His box he, was a bus, <laughs> right? The, he was driving it. There are um, only two things about Slimer, and we've said them both one hundred <laughs> times. <laughs> And I'm not, I'm barely exaggerating because this is like episode 111 or whatever. Yeah, and that was a pretty early edition. It was, uh, uh, sometimes they come back. It was the first introduction. God damn it. Where was Slimer? We need, I'm not going to say we need a new segment. I'm not going to say that. We no. need to go deeper on Slimer lore so that we can add in one other thing about him. You know what? We should watch the cartoon. real Ghostbusters cartoon. Yeah. Slimer is like their mascot. He's got like more to do there. I have a vague. Is there an episode where like Ernie I'm Hudson's not. character turns into a Slimer? Probably. I mean, it. There were quite a few episodes of okay. it. Okay. Um, That's something to look. But that, into. this was where it was Slimer. Yes. And with a heavy heart. I must say that brings us to our penultimate segment, IMDb. They just cheated us! This isn't fair! Now, Dan, you are going to go to the doctor for that heavy heart, right? <laughs> no! <laughs> I have to lose some heart weight. <laughs> I'm bulking uh, up. Yeah. To be, I, Rob. Yeah. You want me to? You want me to shrink my heart? Even though being an empath is my defining characteristic? <laughs> Stop. No, I won't. I won't. Uh, all right, Dan. Okay. What do you got? Well, Rob, mm -hmm. 197,383 Overlook Hotel Ghosts. <laughs> 197,383 slain children logged on to <laughs> imdb.com uh, and awarded Dr. Sleep and a weighted average user score of... Wait, did I, did I say what IMDb is? Where we compare mm -hmm. our opinion of the movie against the average weighted user score on imdb.com? 197,383 slain children. Yeah. Buried outside a, an abandoned chemical plant, logged mm -hmm. on, rose from their graves, logged on to imdb.com, and awarded Dr. Sleep a weighted average user score of 7.3 out of 10 stars. Right. Rob. Yep. Where, are we where do, do I put this? What are we going to do here? Dan, I am giving this a solid eight. Whoa. I'm going eight. Eight. Eight even. I think I think the original Shining is 
fucking it's great. It's a great movie. I think it's probably like a nine point five, maybe high nine point six. Um it's I'm having a heavy heart attack. <laughs> uh and I think this movie is I mean it here's the thing, like a sequel to The Shining should really shouldn't really work, and I think this movie does work. Um, and I really I I like it a lot. Uh, so yeah, I'm sticking with eight. Okay, where you at, Dan? Four. Oh no! Yeah. No son no. of a bitch. Um, I'm with you. It was good. It was certainly better than it had any right to be. I think inherent in, I don't even know if you can score this without grading it on the curve of expectations, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, And if we're doing that, like not objectively in the context of it being a sequel to a movie that should be impossible to make a sequel to. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like an 8.5. Like it, it really soars beyond expectations. I think Mm -hmm. all Things considered. Yep. I'll give it an eight, two. Yeah, I'll give it an eight, two. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, it's good, man. <laughs> yeah. Oops, hold on. Uh, yeah. Uh, hold on. Yep. All right, there, we there we go. We're getting, <laughs> I would say we're getting better at that. I agree. Uh, for the <laughs> for the listener, the audio only listener, we are attempting a, sh- a handshake on our screens here. Yeah, a virtual handshake. You know, what I'm gonna do when uh, I when I make the video for this, I'm gonna flip us so we're on opposite sides and we look like dipshit. Uh, <laughs> so morons. we're just like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, maybe I'm a fucking lo- idiot. <laughs> I wonder if it looks like we're shaking hands. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that okay. does bring us to our final segment. Yeah, show's over. Show's over. Show's over. Oh, boy. Thank you so Dan. much for taking this journey with us. This almost, mm. I mean, if you watch the theatrical cut, this episode functions as a commentary track. <laughs> it's, right? It's, uh, this is definitely one of our longer episodes. There's a lot, There's to, a lot talk to talk about, about man. That. Um, but thanks for, yeah, thanks for going on this journey with us one more time. I'm going to tell you to head over to the Patreon if you want a lot of bonus content and access to video episodes for every episode. Yeah, we got video and Hey, get in now. Cause I don't know, man, that shit's a lot of work. I might put it on a higher tier. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of work and you could sign up, you could see, um, whose voice goes to what man? <laughs> yeah, there was um, <laughs> what man's face on a on a child's body. Um, there was I was delighted by that. There it was, was yeah, it was a, a YouTube comment saying uh, uh, yeah, I got that, it here. Yeah, just uh, okay. This was this absolutely messed me up as I was convinced you had each other's voice based on the Shining Twins image. Very bizarre after all these years. So if you want to experience that, mm-hmm. doesn't sound pleasant, but if you like new experiences, <laughs> you too can be like Brina Gullboss. It's, 
it's it's always very upsetting to see to be listening to a podcast for so long and then then see the person like that is not what I thought you looked like. Yeah, I I can't imagine how hard that must be to especially because those pictures of us are kind of old now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we look significantly worse. Yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit puffed out right now. Uh, did, yeah. Speaking of puffs and poofs of mm-hmm. the cheesy variety, do you see yeah. we got a celebrity commenter also on our video? Oh, who was it? Well, this comment says, I'm going to read it and you tell me who you think it was. Okay. When do you guys talk about the other upcoming King projects? Could only be one person, right? Is it, wait, is it? Eric Cartman? It is. It is Eric Cartman. <laughs> oh, okay. So I replied and said, that's behind the paywall, Eric Cartman. He said, eh, thanks, guys. <laughs> he said, screw yeah. I I'm not going to do my fucking... All right. You got to show's over. We did right, show's over. Show's over. We're, we're Patreon.com <laughs> slash KingMePod. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Uh, you can oh, also email yeah, us are. at Gmail. At, whoa. At Gmail. KingMePod yeah, at gmail.com. <laughs> um, say hi if you got anything you want to talk to us about. We love hearing from you guys. And don't mm-hmm. forget to also rate and review the show on whatever podcast service you listen to. Any Anything would do. Every bit helps. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Until next time, I, of course, am Dan. Not Danny. Just Dan. I'm older I'm, now. I am Rob Avon. Gagliardi. Steven King. King.